wait, stop, stop, stop. stop. I forgot to press record. I forgot to press record on this. Do you genuinely or was that just press press stop? (laughs) No, genuinely on this. I forgot to press record. Okay, yeah, sure. Sorry, Christian. I wanted to check that all again. No, it's all good. Right, I'll do it. I'm good, I'm good. Right. Okay, right. Hello. And welcome to The Nerdcut, the place where all Lucasfilm presidents, directors and writers, no matter how prevalent, no matter how powerful, no matter how self-righteous, are held to account for their crimes against the craft of storytelling. When they are given precious Kyber, they turn it to bantha fodder. And here on the NC, we take this cosmic transmutation and analyse just how badly it failed, and discuss what could have been done to help that mound of Kyber maintain its purity. Now let me introduce my fellow Star Wars analysts tonight. Firstly, we have the man who would be most at home in the Senate's chamber of Coruscant. For that is the home of the Republic, always has been, always will be. Hosnian Prime is but a usurper to that particular ground. Some say he crawled from the lava pits of Mustafar, for his hair is touched by fire. But you're, too... <laughs> but you're usually fine. <laughs> but you'll usually find him at Dexter Jetster's diner, chowing down on some onion rings while onlookers film proceedings. It's the galaxy's very first socialist leader. It's Supreme Chancellor Jonathan Maunders. Say hello. Hello, thank you for that beautiful introduction. No worries. Next, we have the escapee from the Forest Moon of Endor, the self professed shave Ewok. <laughs> self professed shave Ewok, I'll point out. Just how fully shaved, that is not for us to know. You'll often find him deep in the Jedi archives, consuming all new novels and comics published by the evil empire of Emperor Mickey Mouse. As wise as Master Yoda, as powerful as Master Windu, and so pure he makes original trilogy Luke Skywalker look like a right bastard. It's Jedi Knight Andrew, but we do not grant him the white rank of Master Searle. Say hello. Hello. Can I can I just say I thought that first introduction was for me until you said touched by ginger fire. <laughs> but I like mine better. So well, you're mm-hmm. Good stuff. And finally, there's the simple man trying to make his way in the universe. Although you'd certainly not want 200,000 clones of him with a million more well on the way. Perhaps genetically deformed enough to be better suited as a member of the Bad Batch, who can say? No scruples, no morals, forever on the lookout for that next paycheck. Although at least he doesn't enforce splitting the bill on the first day, eh, Owen? The criminals of the galaxy know him as Liblibs. Others tend to call him Christian. Say hello. Hello! So, despite the lack of references to the sequel trilogy in those introductions, it is the sequel trilogy we will in fact be discussing tonight. But before we tackle that topic, which is fraught with danger, what geeky content have we been consuming this week? Johnny, go first. Yeah, uh, a little, not a huge amount of geeky content. Um, Basically, I did watch a very brief sort of video obituary about uh, the filmmaker Richard Donner, who sadly died... Uh, this week um, who famously directed the original Superman film in 1978 which effectively launched sort of modern superhero films as we know them Um, the idea of a sort of big blockbuster that is sort of semi-serious it may have some comedic moments but it is sort of serious it's not the sort of campy 60s Batman Um, the idea of a sort of a big major serious superhero film it just doesn't happen pre pre Richard Donner, um, and yeah, so a huge influence on on superhero films as a genre, and for people probably the generation before us, Superman nineteen said that the 
1978 film is just a huge, completely different film to anything that had come out before. Um, and, you know, and it also was quite good because it reached out to people beyond the genre. Um, there's a lot of people that had, no, you know, never touched a comic who absolutely loved Superman. Unfortunately, the sequels were slightly less good. Um, though it does, Superman 2, there is the Donner cut of it, which I think is probably the first example of of a cut becoming a sort of big thing and fans wanting to see the cut. I won't mention about uh, more modern versions of that. Um, but also, he also directed Goonies as well, which is another sort of massive cult film, and uh, Lethal Weapon as well, which again is a huge, hugely popular thing, and The the Omen as well. So an incredibly like versatile director, and you think the same person could direct Goonies mm. and The Omen. That's pretty <laughs> crazy. Um, so yeah, so just a really, really talented guy who was incredibly influential in filmmaking so yeah Richard Donner rest in peace mm. yeah, rest in peace drink to that yep drink to that um, this week I have been consuming I've been trying to fit in as much as much Star Wars sequel content as I can manage without actually watching it so I read a bit of the I kind of flicked through some of the end of the novel adaptation of Rise of Skywalker um, which actually answers quite a few things that the films don't and i also been kind of going through some of the one shot uh, comics such like the C-3PO one, the Poe Dameron ones um, that are based on the sequels and yeah that's been pretty much it just kind of dabbling a little bit to make sure I have it kind of fresh in my memory and so I can give a different perspective hopefully to just the main, the main films what about you Christian? Well, first of all, I, after I mentioned I was playing Assassin's Creed 4 the other week, I finally completed that, and it's kind of reinvigorated my love of that franchise. I Congratulations. To, thank you very much. I may have to uh, jump back into uh, and try one of the later games, which I haven't tried yet. But um, I've also, unlike you two, I've been uh, I've caught up with Loki, the Loki series. Shaming us. It's alright. I haven't. Well, you, uh, you shamed me when I hadn't watched the uh, the first two series. So. And strange thing. I have. Can I actually say I have actually watched? Oh, I see. Movie. You just. But okay, fair enough. And I, I have a very high demand girlfriend. So. <laughs> what big head? But so oh, you also have a very. <laughs> oh shit. What's Johnny's excuse? No, he hasn't got an excuse. I have a very high demand. Washing routine. Mm. <laughs> I've got a system. I'll talk to you about it over a beer sometime. It's totally normal. <laughs> but um, there are four episodes in. I think there's six episodes in total. Um, it's interesting. I'm quite in- excited to see how it ends. Um, am I allowed to mention spoilers or not? No spoilers. No. No, no spoilers. <laughs> um, yeah, I can see it's kind of getting a feeling of how it might tie into phase four of the films so and I think someone my, my dad pointed out when we was, we chatted, chatted about the first couple of episodes is that Tom Hiddleston is just superb in that role he mm. just embodies Loki so well just the charisma the nefarious nature it's, uh, it's just, he's just brilliant he's really so great to watch and Owen Wilson's pretty good as well I'd say can I just say, I, Owen Wilson is so much better than I thought he would be in this. Mm. Like, I thought, oh my God, it's Owen Wilson. It's just going to be like the fall guy. 
And actually, he's often the straight man to Tom Hiddleston, which is really interesting. And it's yeah, and it really works. I think it's I think it will do quite. I wouldn't say it'll do wonders, but I think it'd be good for Owen Wilson's career mm. to have done this. Can I ask you a question, Christian? Mm-hmm. Is it actually going to set anything up? I think it will. I know you're disappointed about the first two having not done much in that regard, but I'm pretty sure this is going to. I think Kevin Feige has said that it's going to. But I think he kind of said similar things about the other two, didn't he? Yeah, he did say the same thing about the other two. But I, I think, to be devil's advocate here, I think with the way that they seem to be going, it's difficult to see it not setting things up to a certain extent. Mm. That said, I'm trying to like temper my own enthusiasm because it seemed to be going that way sometimes with WandaVision and it mm. didn't. So, sorry, but from, without trying to give away spoilers, it does seem to be going in that okay, direction. Okay, that's good. Because my, my expectation from just, I've only seen the first episode, my fear from it was that it's all going to be kind of resolved within itself and then we're basically back to where we started by the end of Loki. So it sounds like hopefully that's not going to happen, but that's just my fear. It, could, it could still happen, <laughs> actually, but, <laughs> I, but I hope not. Yeah. Well, well, I guess we'll see. It feels it like it's too, too messy now. It's too messy for them. Unless yeah. they just hit a big reset button, it'll be yeah. quite difficult yeah. for them to go I back. I feel like they may clo- close one loop, but leave another loop okay. unclosed. Mm-hmm. Cool. That sounds good. That was quite good. We didn't do any spoilers there, Christian. That was smart. Good. For the first time. Oh, that Owen Wilson's in it. <gasps> oh, shit. Wow. <laughs> He's in scene two of the... Uh, I'm lucky. Mm, He's in a lot of trailers, to be fair, though, Andrew. He is. Cool. I look forward to it. True. Well, on to something we will be discussing many spoilers about. What is the what is the topic of today's episode? Something to do with uh, milk, I, I think. Hmm? Milk. I'm going to do milk, yeah. <laughs> mm, Ske- semi-skimmed milk. Mmm, mm, luxury milk. Straight from a teat. <laughs> Where it's freshest. And best served cold. Nice cold. <laughs> right. What are we actually talking about? I thought that's what it was. <laughs> mm. um, I, I believe that it's finally come to that time when Christian can is either going to be really happy about talking about all his anger or he's going to be really sad and mm. I can't quite look out which way it's going to go and all of this, this all of this emotion session, is going to be aimed at three films directed by and two, two directors oh yeah probably at us as well um, <laughs> oh no I meant more I meant more the two directors but I guess ah. a certain like Woman with the initials KK might also yeah. get some. Never trust anything with well, the initials so. KK. <laughs> Never. One K away from race hate. Preach. <laughs> Preach. So, yeah, so Star Wars sequel trilogy. Let's do it. The long awaited follow up to our first episode. Yeah. Where we couldn't quite cram it in. We thought we deserved its own episode. I wonder if we're going to take this more is, time talking yeah. about three films than we did about like nine. Eight. 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 <laughs> quite possibly. True. I think this will be more angsty. Yeah, mm-hmm. and also we, we've now kind of we have no, we have no one to like be kind or polite to anymore. You know, people are still <laughs> listening. At this point, couple, they care. Maybe a couple of actors. Maybe a couple of actors to be polite. Yeah. 
I don't blame the any actors though before we get into this. I don't think it's Anyway, we'll get I'll into this. Right. So should, are we just, just, to, just 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 oh, I was just gonna say just so just to just to kick it off then just to kinda of set the uh set set the uh the template. What were your feelings when you heard they were gonna be doing new Star Wars films, the Ooh, sequel trilogy? That's a good question. Can you remember where you were when you heard? <laughs> I was I think sitting in my house at uni. Were you On masturbating? <laughs> Before, during or after? <laughs> I think I was probably watching How I Met Your Mother because I was a bit obsessed to that, time with that at the time. I was watching How I Met Your Mother. That's kind of, that's kind of ironic. <laughs> I, I think I remember hearing it being like, that's cool, but it's also like mm. three years away, so I don't really care. I'll work it out when we get mm. to that point. Mm. Actually, it was 2012 they announced it. Yes, yeah, I suppose it was three that's years. That's when yeah. they acquired Star, uh, Lucasfilm. Yeah. I think at the time I just thought, that seems really cool, but it seems so far away, and I honestly can't imagine new Star Wars, so I'll deal with it when it comes. What about you, Joe? Yeah. I don't remember it being a shock. I don't know. Whether I just in my head, I th- maybe it's just because also, like, at that time, and also just continuing now, so many franchises have just been resurrected and that. I just felt like... Oh yeah, okay. That's yeah, that's natural. That's gonna happen, obviously. Why you know they're not gonna sit on that. Um, I don't. To be honest, I don't remember thinking about it a huge amount. Mm. Um, but uh, twenty twelve was a weird time for me. So maybe weird time. My I think people. Other, was, I don't think. Sorry, sorry, you go first. I'll just get my one other thing I was gonna say was I remember being more annoyed at the fact that they were decanonizing so much of the Star Wars. Oh yeah, yeah. Novels was... and things that I was like that—that that was more of a concern for me than the fact they were making three more films. Yes, I agree. Um, I definitely agree with that. But yeah, that was just a small aside from. Things. I agree with Nick. <laughs> but there was the hope that perhaps in doing so that meant they would use some of the stories from that expanded universe to in the sequel films. Mm. Um, Kind of like adapt them, so to speak, but uh, yeah, not the case. I really, I really wonder what the reaction would have been if they'd done if they'd literally just used almost like a kind of an exact copy of something from the mm-hmm. from those novels. What whether it would have been a good reaction? Or I don't. I wonder what how it would have gone down. Well, I suppose it depends which one, which kind of which story you would have chosen, because there's a lot. A lot happens in those. Absolutely. Years after the Return yeah. of the Jedi, so which one they would have gone with? I would have gone with the use on Vaughn personally. I think that was a definitely up, up would have upped the stakes mm-hmm. from an Empire versus a Rebellion. Yeah, but I just remember. Th- I remember. Um, I was I had the image of Mickey Mouse from the South Park episode in my head, where he says he's going to destroy. I can't. What is it? What's he talking about in that episode? Everyone's too fucking stupid to realize I'm going to destroy something for everybody. And I took that screenshot and said, like, uh, everyone's too stupid that I'm going to ruin Star Wars for everyone. But I was going to say, it's it was kind of split between kind of probably younger fans who grew up with the prequels who might have been quite excited and the older fans who were still reeling from what they felt was the destruction of Star Wars with the prequels. So it was those people who probably just were sick and tired of more Star Wars and they were... OT purists and the first three films were only were the only Star Wars films I know they're the only films that there ever will be only Star Wars films that ever will be yeah but 
I don't. I think at the time I was kind of going through a not too big a Star Wars fan phase, so I think I was kind of wasn't really a that that's passionate possible, one. Christian, you, mm. you went for a you went for a not too big of a Star Wars fan phase. Mm. I think. Well, I remember because I got this T-shirt when I went to I went to um, Star Wars. Ironic saying this now, saying um, going to Star Wars Celebration in California in 2015. Mm. It was a 21st birthday present. Um, and it wasn't until so going. Can, we, can I just say, at this bit, Andrew, can you put some really emotional music? Yeah, I'm really, I'm really writing in my head. That's <laughs> no, not I'm really glad you're um, not a composer, Christian. <laughs> <laughs> that's your jingle from the Blinken Snurkup favourite. Yeah, but you can't use it for everything, Christian. <laughs> It's like it's been used for like not? dramatic suspense, and now it's been used for like an emotional. <laughs> there are other music pieces available. Okay, okay. <laughs> I remember going to that, and it wasn't until going to that convention where the excitement really got to me. And I remember watching. I think it was the second teaser trailer at that point when you first see Han and Chewie back, and I just remember sitting in um, the hall. Uh, watching that trailer and everyone just went absolutely mental when they saw Han and Chewie again I think that was the moment where I, the excitement really hit me and I was starting on hope I was really looking forward to it little did I know what was to mm. come but on that so, note then yeah, I remember, yep. oh, sorry, I remember being really excited can I just say I remember being really excited by the trailers yeah yeah did a really good job like, with the trailers yeah I was like really from go, going from like not that not really that fast I went to like I need to see this film like in qu- quite a short space of time yeah so The Force Awakens Christian. what was your opinion do you want me to hear my opinion better not start with me okay cool so <laughs> I want to frame this by saying I, when I was writing down my notes I kind of was bashing out some angry things and then I thought actually I'm going to try and but you were masturbating Exactly. I was, I'm going to try. <laughs> I'm going to try and review this from the position I was like a month or so after I watched it. So all I know at that point is the Force Awakens. Okay. Don't know what's happening next. Mm-hmm. Okay. So so I can be because I think I've retrospectively gone back and it's I'm more critical of it because I know what's coming. So I'm going to try and hit us off with some like slightly positive points just because I feel like because I'm going to crash downhill after that. So my overall take from The Force Awakens was that I was out of all of the opening films the three opening films for the three trilogies I was most excited about what was coming next from The Force Awakens does that make sense? Mm-hmm. as in I think it set up so many cool things um, it was obviously also for me the first time I'd seen a Star Wars film for the first time in the cinema and that was like really oh, weird you're just a baby aren't you? I know well I'm a Star Wars baby um, <laughs> but it was like I remember sitting there and be like shit this is actually like this is going to be a new style as in something I haven't seen before it's quite a strange concept to be in the same universe um, so yeah overall really liked it thought it set up so many things just loved the kind of visuals of it loved really, I like the characters I think just probably more from where I thought they would go because they just seem to be kind of set up so well whilst also having so many like fan servicey bits they brought in and when I remember when they had like the that quad jumper gets blown up and they turn around and go like 
we'll take that one, then it's a falcon. It's like, oh my god, like so obvious it was gonna be a falcon, but so cool to actually see <laughs> it, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Some really cool like action sequences when they're flying the falcon through like the the graveyard and Jakku, also really cool. Um, also, Battlefront, the game had like just come out. I don't know if it did it come out before the Force Awakens. No, it must be yeah, November. Right few, I think it was a few yeah. days. Yeah, it was around the same kind of time, it. so you could yeah. you could like instantly play on Jakku, um, and like, yeah, just loved like new settings, but not that different. Love the characters. I was a boss about from just so you know. But you were. Oh, I, I, remember, I, I remember thinking that Mega Message is complimenting me. Right, <laughs> <laughs> is, is that why you were wanking at the time? <laughs> remember thinking Star Killer Base was a bit much, but thinking, mm. I mean, it's fine. <clears throat> I was totally at that time just like, okay, well they're going to just mirror the three. They're like the the the, the Force Awakens will be like mirroring the other two first films. So if they if they're kind of trying to mirror the original one, then there's going to be a, some kind of Death Star kind of thing. I thought that the like the First Order and Hux was a bit like on the nose but also thought like this kind of like it instantly like you instantly know what's going on because they use a lot of kind of stereotypes and a lot of imagery like kind of around Nazis and things um, mm-hmm. I thought the concept of Finn and like the stormtroopers the first time you see storm something of like a stormtrooper's perspective on things and again like the intrigue of like him being taken as a child and like holy shit I hadn't really thought yeah. about that before um yeah, I would say overall, thought it was a pretty good film. Love BB-8, love seeing C-3PO come back. Um, remember being like the entire time, why on earth has C-3PO got a red arm? Um, <laughs> which then again eventually gets resolved in the comics. Wee, wee. Um, loved Maz, thought she was really cool, um, and obviously just really? seeing all the old the old crowd back together. I'm assuming we're getting loud spoilers. I, I wasn't expecting Han yes. to die. That was a bit of a shock. But again, I think it was like a good necessary, like it, it, it showed that they were prepared to give a bit of like, Johnny's looking on the comments. It showed they were, they were prepared to give a bit of like consequence and weight to things, um, which I wasn't expecting. Initially. Yeah, well, exactly. But, but I'm trying to, I'm trying to yes, really yeah, get in no, that I mindset it's of just, like. It's hard not to just hold myself back. Yeah. So. So I think that's my overall thoughts. Overall, good feelings. Happy there was more Star Wars. Excited for the future. Um, so I think it, it it set up so many things, and they could have done so many things from that point that there was no there was no obvious track. You go, like, okay, well this is where it's going to go next, which I think is quite impressive considering how many like, theories there were, and con- like I didn't think any of the theories. I was like, okay, well that's where they're going to go. Um, mm-hmm. I also remember before we went into it, genuinely thinking that Jar Jar was going to come back, but that. that Darth Jar Jar. <laughs> yes, I, I thought they're going to they're going to fulfil that prophecy. They've been playing a very long game, and it could <laughs> this could do a make or break. Things. Were there not rumours that he was going to come back as well? I think so. I think I, 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 I think I saw a video about it and was like, oh, I like that theory. That could work. Mm. And um, I actually genuinely think I know I'm going a bit more grand already, but like, I wonder if that had been would have been gone down better than what happened. <laughs> Anyway. I think that would have gone down worse. Do you reckon? Okay, well, we'll see. I don't think but, you um, would. Yeah. I think you would have loved I think a lot of people would have loved that. You would have probably... Some people that hated it probably would have loved that idea and it probably other yeah. around, so who knows. But yeah. I just think it would have... From what else happened, from what happens next, it would have just become another stick to beat it with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it would have... 
they wouldn't have played that risk because they obviously that's an actual risk. Whereas, yeah, but yeah, Force Awakens, good stuff. Happy with it. Love more Star Wars. Johnny. Okay, can I first pick up the hand thing? Like, I I agree with you that I think it's quite in some ways it's quite good to to not to be afraid to kill someone like that off. However, I didn't like the way it was done. I didn't think they had uh, earned that as an emotional payoff. They hadn't really built the sort of connection there with, with Kylo at all. It was all very like, I'm your dad and then now I'm dead. And it was, it didn't really feel like they'd earned that at all as a payoff. I feel like if, if I feel like, as I said, no problem with hand, hand being killed or even being killed by Kylo, but I think you've got to earn that emotional payoff. Um, and it just didn't didn't really happen. Actually, Christian, we were talking about that the other day when we were watch, watching it. But more generally, I think I think Andrew's completely right. If you take out what happens next, it's quite hard to like dislike it as a film. And it's some things that I liked at the time, which now I don't like, which is kind of odd in the sense that it just felt so Star Warsy, and there were like lots of like touches and like, but now. Maybe because of what happens, what happens next. Sometimes now it feels like it's too much. Like it's a bit too sort of like sickly sweet love letter to to start to to George Lucas. Um, but part of me feels like that is literally just because I know what happens next. So I, I internally I become more cynical about about these things. But like Andrew, I was really excited about where it was going, and it just felt it felt inherently Star Wars, and it just felt like oh yeah, this is what we've been missing for however many years it had been. Um, and so, yeah, and, and there was, and it, and it did feel slightly like magical and stuff. Um, I wasn't a big fan of, yeah, certain acting performances or casting choices, mm-hmm. but um, I, I didn't really like, yeah, let's, let's, yeah. No, tell me. Um, I'm not a big fan of, I'm, okay. Um, just based on that first film? No, based on all three of the films. But what, what do you think about her in that film? Do well, you think she still just still don't, don't think I just think she's incredibly incredibly wooden. Okay. Um, and like, Christian and I were like, it's like the other day, sort of frame by frame. And like her like facial, yeah. It's like, it's, I remember once I went up with a GCSE drama where I was doing a thing while I was drinking tea and then I, and then I forgot the tea. And so my hand went like that. And my, the teacher, Mr. May, was like, oh, you've forgotten the tea. And there were times where facially she forgets the tea, okay. if that makes sense. <laughs> She's doing something, and then suddenly, like, it, she doesn't, you know. Um, isn't it when she's being choked, and then suddenly she then can made, magically move her face a lot more yes. one second than yeah. she could mm. the second before, which makes no, no sense. Um, and I'm obviously also, I, I like Adam Driver as an actor. I just... Phil, he's yeah. I I think it's partly also because I'd seen him in a lot of sort of hipster roles before, before uh, Force Awakens, and I just could not unsee that. <laughs> I just saw him as I couldn't see him as Kylo Ren. I just saw him as this is that hipster actor playing a Star Wars villain, and that may say more about me than anything. So I, I apologize if, if if people disagree with me on that. But generally, I really enjoyed the film. I don't want to sound like a, a doubting Thomas, but uh, I, I, I really enjoyed it. And I was very excited for what was going to happen next. 
uh, but I shouldn't have been. Cristiano. I just see something reminding me of um, getting get mentioned to uh, to Sebastian. Yeah, he, um, <laughs> I saw the film with my dad initially, and then went to see it with a few friends, including Zeb, afterwards. And he was convinced that because you didn't, you don't in the, I don't think in any of the trailers you see Kylo without his mask. You always see him with the mask. He was convinced mm. that Luke was that. Luke was in the mask. Mm. And I couldn't. I, just, I, I didn't 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 say if whether it was or wasn't. And yeah. So and then and having it end up being Adam Driver, who yeah, he's definitely one of the best actors in the series. But just a case of uh, badly developed and badly written characters. But uh, we can get on to that later. Um, but yeah, initially I was, like you, pretty happy with what we got. I thought it was, contrary to what you thought, making kind of choices like killing Han off, I thought it was a very, very safe film, because it goes without saying that the story beats are very, very similar to A New Hope. And I remember coming out of that, the film thinking, yeah, it was good, it was clearly it was well put together it was very competently done and yes it was safe but they're probably just doing that so that can ease people back into and say right it's in safe hands now now that you're happy with this we're gonna take it off in an interesting direction after this and then we won't follow like empire and then jedi in terms of the structure and that wasn't the case um but yeah initially it's and yeah, things like yeah, things like Starkiller. But I think uh, Ham points out when they're talking about Starkiller base, and he just says, "So it's bigger." And that's everyone's reaction. It's like, "Okay, it's Death Star." Mm. And what I saw was on my head the whole thing about planet-killing weapons in this whole trilogy has become so overused. It's like Death Star actually felt like a threat in the original trilogy, whereas it's become such a. You see all these planets getting blown up across this trilogy, and you think, oh, "Okay." that's a few billion people dying and you don't really have any kind of emotional attachment to them because you don't spend any time there you don't have any characters from there like you did with Leia and Alderaan in the, in the original one is Alderaan the only place that's blown up in the, within Death Star? yeah I think it is you, yeah. Yeah. you see a few ships get blown up in Return of the Jedi but yeah that's mm. the only planet whereas in this you get Hosnian Prime system in this film you get and then you get Kajimi in uh, Rise of Skywalker, and that's done with his like Star Destroyer, though, isn't it? Yeah, it's like why, Star do, you need, why do you need Starkiller bases thing when you've got Star Destroyers mm. that can do that? <laughs> but I don't know. I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm opening a can of worms. Like I've got this list of things, issues I have with the Force <laughs> Awakens. Still wanna, trying to remain objective for the moment. Yeah, it's, it was. I was a bit un. I was iffy about Ray, and I wasn't sure about talking about the acting but she, she, I think Daisy Ridley's acting style is facial expressions turned up to 11 and that's her very that's her seems to be her acting style and it's not doesn't come across very well especially when the lines are sometimes delivered quite badly but she's better in this one actually granted I think she was worse in Last Jedi but that might be well down be down to a certain director who I'm sure we'll talk about um <coughs> But, shall I just kick off with this? Right. Yes. <sighs> Plot holes, breaking the law. True to yourself, <laughs> Right. Who are the First Order? Where do they come from? Where did they why go? Did Luke, why did Luke... 
If Luke wouldn't want to be found as we find out in this chapter, why did he find leave a map behind to find him? Uh, Snoke orders initially that BB-8 be destroyed and not have the information returned to the Resistance, and yet later on Kylo uh, allows BB-8 to be to fall into Resistance hands and takes Ray off. How does Poe survive the crash of Jakku and get back to the Resistance? Uh, if Ray has been living on the backwater planet for the majority of her life, why is she gush gushing about re meeting a Resistance soldier? Uh, surely the whole conflict means little to her. And if she sometimes knows, why is she only vaguely aware of Luke Skywalker being a myth? Why have the deeds of Luke been lost to legend in 30 years, when the New Republic is the governing body for that 30 years and would obviously have promoted Luke as a hero and all his deeds? Um, they would have controlled the narrative. The First Order would not have had any influence over the narrative in those 30 years because it's only just kind of becoming a, a, a proper threat. As far as... This is obviously... Andrew might be able to fill in gaps with this from some of the novels he's read, but... Say up front, I don't think a film should be able to carry a story on its own. You shouldn't need to fill in gaps with other media. Yeah. Unless it's like superfluous um, stuff like C-3PO's arm, which case I think it's fine. Yeah, if it's something just to add, to add, add a little bit of context or just adds a little yeah. tidbit here and there, Completely it's fine. Agree. But if, it, if like a whole chunk of the plot is resting on something that's hidden away in a comic or a book, then... That's not good. Not good writing for a or an, film or an arm. Or an arm. <laughs> um, why does Kylo react in the way when he says that a girl was mentioned having BB-8 in Finn Escape? Uh, how does Finn go from not understanding Chewie to understanding him in a year later in Rise of Skywalker? He gets a crash course in Wookiee dialect. And uh, why is he? If surely you get some kind of education, why is he unaware of Chewie being a sentient being when uh, they get captured? And he says to Han, "How do you understand that thing?" Bit, bit racist there. Um, and now uh, come my, some of my issues are going to tail off in terms of the plot holes anyway, but then we're talking about the characterization. <clears throat> Finn, we find out, is a sanitation worker from the Stark of the base, so why is he on the front lines of a first deployed force at the very start of the film if he is, works in sanitation? And if he is deployed, if he is picked as the first wave, why he's seemingly he's so shocked by the misdeeds and the violence and that's I mean surely if you're the first deployed you've been in a few firefights before and yet it seems like he's the only he's the first time he's been in one. And at the same time, why is he the only one who feels that way? Why is he the only one who ha comes away from it kind of distraught and shaken by the whole experience? Why is and we don't find see until Rise of Skywalker, we don't see any other stormtroopers or ex-stormtroopers who have come away from the First Order or disobeyed orders. He's the first one. Um, oh, see, it's just, just, just going to be list after list. I'm trying to... I could just go on for hours talking about these issues, but... <clears throat> but following on from that, why is... If he's, um, if he's friends with some of these stormtroopers, when he escapes with Poe, he's happily blasting away stormtroopers from the TIE Fighter when they're trying to escape. Just... Not completely forgetting that some of these could potentially are his friends or ex-comrades. Shall I go on? No. About different characters? No. Okay. I think, I think I think you covered, and I, I think what I'm going to say is that most of them, there are some things that don't make sense, even if they, like, out of the context. I think that the the point is after that film, they should have 
they should have someone writing these questions down and going, okay, well, we're going to answer them. Mm-hmm. Because they're not plot holes if they actually are resolved later. Um, I also, the only one I actually think I have, think I know about is, I think Finn was a sanitation worker and then was moved. Mm-hmm. And I have a feeling he did something wrong when he was the sanitation worker. Again, this is extra knowledge, not from yeah. the films, but just <laughs> answer a question. Cause <laughs> Wait, is there, a, is there a whole novel about him, his career as a sound <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, I think I think he did something. I think, yeah, but yeah. And I mean, some of those some of those questions that you asked. If you asked me that after after we just knew had that film, I'd have some quite interesting answers. Like I think, why is Finn the first stormtrooper to have like a bit of a conscience? He's a force user potentially, and he has mm-hmm. a a deeper connection with the people that he's attacking and the pe- he can sense things. That's that's what I thought. Mm. So so those, yeah, again, they're, they're not plot holes if they actually get, like, for makes sense later on, but they don't. So. That's the wide, that's the, that's the wider thing. Like, you, if it's a part of a franchise and you know there's going to be sequels and they aren't really plot mm-hmm. holes yeah. until... Yeah, until, well, until so, there's definitely not been answers. When I got into that list, that was, like, uh, that's when I moved back into my post having watched all the whole thing kind of my <laughs> mindset because yes these questions wouldn't have flagged wouldn't have flagged up to me or as obviously straight after the film because like you say it's it's open to have them resolved or explained what what is interesting though is just a casual wikipedia search basically shows me that this film was written and rewritten by several different people mm. um and I think you tend to have this with big budget films, um, sort of nerdy films, is that that does mean you often get plot holes mm. when things get rewritten because you have people writing it who actually then change something, they change something else, yeah. or they you know get rid of an answer for something else or leave something else in, and this happens a lot. It's still um, ridiculous though, isn't it, when you're talking about a multi-million pound film? Yeah, like not a sometimes it seems to like pay out, but it does because. In the um, production phase, we heard, like for Rogue One and Solo, there was huge issues with rewrites and reshoots and getting different directors in, and yet they ended up being the better films, in my opinion, yeah. anyway. And yet, I don't. There's, yeah, there's probably a few rewrites of The Force Awakens, but I don't remember hearing any issues with The Last Jedi. There was, there were, I think there were quite a few issues with The Rise of Skywalker, but it felt like the films that were more cleanly done ended up being not as good yeah but I don't know it's just because certain people in Lucasfilm had a, a vision that some of the films weren't adhering to and some of them were and mm. whatever that vision was just ended up being less popular with the fans as a result it'd be fascinating to really know at some point have some kind of answers to what 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 ha- what the process was overall um, mm-hmm. But and I, I, I really don't want to go through everything that you've just said in terms of plot holes. And I, but I want to challenge you both on something. I want to challenge you both on Han again because I don't, I don't agree with both of you that that is a safe thing. At all. I mean, obviously it's mirroring. I, just, I didn't say it was safe. Okay. I thought it was. I thought it the opposite. I said it was brave that they got rid of Okay. Because he's a, like because Harrison Ford's a big money banker. Like, yeah. The safe thing would be to keep him back for every film. But I think when I think of. It didn't. It wasn't. It didn't feel like a risk to me because, knowing that Harrison Ford wasn't a huge fan, he. I think he was only ever going to be back for one film. I think yeah. I was expecting him to die because I knew Harrison Ford didn't really want 
to be he would he wouldn't have signed up for a whole trilogy of films. Yeah. I mean there's there's people saying what that he apparently he wanted to die at the end of Empire and wouldn't have been in Return of the Jedi. So that's how that's how I that's how, in terms of story, yeah, it was quite daring, but I think it was I was expecting it. That's why it wasn't kind of didn't feel as big a shock to me. Sure. Okay. Yeah, I get that. I, I also just think it's like when you were saying earlier about like it 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 not necessarily having much consequence. I think it was Johnny saying not much consequence in terms of his relationship with Ben with the colour in, but I, it's kind of not, it doesn't really, it's not there to affect the relationship. No, ben, it's it? not so much consequence. No, it's not the consequence. It's that they just don't build it. Yeah. It just happens. But, but, but the, There's nothing leading to that. No. It just seems so like random. Like And then all the emotion then comes afterwards. Whereas I feel like if you're going to kill a major character and make it so that his son kills him, uh. you have to have, you have to build into it. You can't just have it happen. But is it not the same as when... I mean, I don't know how much more they build into when Obi-Wan dies to Darth Vader. Which is effectively the same thing that's happening, isn't it? Ray, Ray and Han's relationship is meant to be the same as Luke and Obi-Wan's. Well, well yeah, but Obi-Wan is... But also, like, Obi-Wan is... Spends the film sort of, like, guiding guiding Luke. Uh-huh. And you have him there as a thing. But there's no... There is no... You, you get hinted at that Vader and... Obi Wan, um, you know, have a past yeah. and stuff, which could be then dis- discovered later. But there's no emotional thing between them about it. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. Whereas what I'm saying is the emotional thing is between um, father and son here, and yet we don't really okay, get that. Yeah. It just for me that uh, 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 you know father being killed by son is inherently emotional, and yet I feel this is so emotionless. Yeah. Because it's not built into. But, because I feel if it happens later on in the film, and this is the sort of the spine of the film, is this is this tension and emotional tension? Then I feel that the death then ha- is bigger and has so much more is so much more thought provoking and more effective. Yeah, I completely get that. I just think that the and I think that they could have done it better to also make it effective for Kylo Ren. But I don't think the death is there for that relationship. I think the death is there for Ray. But but even so, that's just a completely wasted. Yeah, opportunity I agree. I agree with that. But that. I think that that I, yeah, and it's obviously not great if it doesn't necessarily come across as that's the. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but that but that's what it's trying to mirror, isn't it? I think. No, I feel like that scene got undermined in the Last Jedi because it feels like, in terms of the the story behind it, when Kylo says, "I know I have to do, but I don't have the strength to do it." Almost is like, I've, again, it's probably something I might have read and you know, like kind of an interpretation of that scene is that Han knows that if Kylo doesn't kill him, then Snoke will kill him, kill Kylo, because or at least cast him aside because he failed in his task, his mission he set out to do, and so because you see Han kind of grab the lightsaber and then ignites. You could always imagine they actually Han lets him do it because he knows that if he doesn't let Kylo kill him, Snoke will kill Kylo. And that could have gone somewhere quite interesting. But then in the next film, spoilers for Last Jedi, we have... But sorry, but sorry, Christian, but even even so, that in itself is a really cool and really interesting Mm. thing. But if they're going to do that, they have to make it more, like, obvious that that's what it is. Because 95% of people in the cinema are not going to get that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
I say even if you did get that, that gets undermined because in the next film, Kylo just slices Snoke in half yeah. with ease. Mm. There's no threat whatsoever from Snoke, seemingly. And that just then they're completely from as that as soon as that happens, from the way I was perceiving anyway, that that's immediately undermined that scene in Force Awakens. It just made it, it rendered it null and void and pointless. It didn't need to happen in terms of the story. Yeah. I, I remember definitely thinking that Han influenced himself getting killed in some way, shape, or form, whether he mm. actually did it or whether he just yeah, gave yeah. him the kind of the right look. But yeah, anyway, that, that's the Force Awakens. And, and then I think that death scene is such a small part. I just, yeah, I want to talk about it a bit more. But yeah, anyway, so moving on to The Last Jedi. I, the opening scene for me was the bit that gave me concerns like <laughs> from the everyone in the cinema was laughing and I was really? like hmm well yeah I mean I, th- I don't think it's I don't think to I think most it's, people yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's not it's not unfunny mm-hmm. it's just not Star Wars necessarily it's, it's not Star Wars comedy if it was a comedy film if it was a parody of Star Wars it'd be great like, it's Thor Ragnarok yeah well that's not funny but God yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, if it was Guardians yeah yeah, um, yeah but so yeah that, that that opening scene concerns it and I think we talked about this before looking back I have very similar concerns about the start of Force Awakens as well with that scene between Kylo Ren and Poe um, but again that's only retrospective so I think my concern started from that first scene um, the one thing I would say about The Last Jedi, positive thing before we get into the negatives, I really like Crate. I think it's a really cool concept for a planet. I think it looked amazing visually, um, really pretty and very interestingly done with those B- Is it the B-Wings? What are those? Or those B-Wing speeders? Whatever they are, those things that kind of fly along the ground. Mm-hmm. I think they're B-Wing speeders. Um, yeah, a really cool kind of concept, visual concept for a planet. And the walkers, the M, the M6s, um, look really Andrew's interesting. Andrew's our te- technical knowledge, yeah? I think it's an M6, only because I have a Lego version of it somewhere. <laughs> um, and I think they look, obviously obviously they're just a bit stupid, they're just, they're just bigger. But they also do look kind of quite interesting and different to a normal walker. Um, they kind so of look that, like, like gorillas, weren't they? Because they yeah. have like... They, there's big hand kind of but it seems it seems quite kind of practic a practical way of moving so like a practical change that would actually Mm. make sense like as a as a design evolution from a walker um so yeah i thought that was cool but that's that's the kind of the positive i'd say so i had very very big concerns about the opening scene um i also remember just being like when you finally get the resolution of that ending kind of cliffhanger from Ray and Luke and being like, oh my God, I wasted two years of my life thinking about what that was going to happen. And yeah. I don't even know where to go from there. Really. I, don't, I don't know where, I don't know. There's no like structure I can go through the last Jedi on my head that will actually, so one of you two go because I can't, I can't like, I can't formulate an argument to, to talk about it. Yeah. I, I'm very similar because I just feel it, it's a nothingness to me. It's a sort of blob of moments. 
I wonder if you could literally watch The Force Awakens and then go to Rise of Skywalker and whether there'd be anything that you've actually missed apart from Snoke dying. And Luke's not there, but oh, Luke okay. kind of sees... I don't know. Like, in terms of what actually happens, what does he do? Mm. Milking. What does he oh, do? What, 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 literally, what impact does Luke have on the entirety of this film? Can I, can I that sea cow would not have its teats milked without yeah, okay. him. Can I just say, let's say that the, your Andrew, your, the first scene worried me as well because I was like, okay, now we're in an MCU film. Like literally, I'm pretty sure that was my response. And then, and obviously, that tone sort of continued, but it, the milking was where I lost it. I was literally looking around behind me in the cinema. There were people laughing, but I was literally looking around in the cinema. I was like, like, is this like a, is this like a. <laughs> I don't know, like a little a, a trick. Yeah, is this something like, they put in beforehand. This, when's the film gonna start? <laughs> yeah. like, I just, I was looking around me, and they were, yeah, there were kids laughing. I get it. If they're not, if you know, this is like the first thing the Star Wars thing they've watched. Yeah, fine, but I was just like, bloody hell, what is this? I still want someone to answer me. What impact does Luke have in this film? Okay. What impact oh, does has a financial has a financial yeah. impact? Okay, cool. Probably well, what impact does Snoke have in this film? Oh dear. None. Ray. She learns oh, how God. to use the Force, I guess. Again. She has that weird mirror, crazy psychedelic trip. Yeah. More weird. Oh, faces. that's really, really deep. That is that that moment when she sees herself. Oh, it's like so deep, so brilliant writing. Complex. I actually literally just read that bit right now on Wikipedia. <laughs> uh, Ryan Johnson's like, I want it to represent her loss of identity, her search for identity. Oh, it's like, yeah, okay, that's. People yeah. seem to think that Last Jedi is really fucking deep, and it's really not. It's really, it's as shallow as a fucking puddle. It I, might I, as well I, be re, retitled Subverting Expectations of the Movie. That's all it is. And Subverting I Expectations I haven't badly. finished yet. Carly Ray, does he have any impact? I just, want, I just want to find a character yeah, that actually does Snoke. something. He kills Snoke, and yeah, I'm sure he does something else. But he kind of kills his. This mom, whole I guess. film, it feels like a filler because if we go, if mm. we tackle the issue of the whole different directors, different writers thing. This whole film is a filler, and it doesn't even doesn't bridge between the first and third film. It's just like a little shitty little space chase with no consequences. It's like you could take, you could go from Force Awakens to Rise of Skywalker. And in your heads, you just say, "Right, Luke died somehow, Snoke died somehow, and nothing. There's nothing if, else." If you if you didn't know that Ray found Luke, I reckon it would work. If you just cut mm. it off, she gets back to Ireland, she walks up the steps, but you don't actually see Luke. I think it'd mm. work. Yeah, so I'm saying it. She's got a little adventure. Yeah, she's day. just like, "Oh, he wasn't actually there. He was out." Yeah. <laughs> <Like> <laughs> he left a little. Yeah, gone fishing. Milk. <laughs> gone milking. Gone milking. <laughs> Um, Poe doesn't do anything. Finn doesn't do anything apart from potentially gamble a little bit. <coughs> Get shacked Finn, up. For me, Finn is for me Finn is the saddest bit. This mm-hmm. whole thing. Yeah, certainly is. Andrew, you you were very much like referencing how how interesting it is and all the theories we had about Finn and the setup. And again, I came out of Force Awakens really excited about what who Finn's going to turn out to be, or you know. And it just suddenly he just becomes a sort of useless fool guy, and it's just like, a I really like John Boyega as an actor. I feel this was just a complete waste of his talents and skill, and 
just a waste of a really interesting potential character. And it's just such a shame, you know. Which is also why I get angry then when people then say, oh, you don't like, you know, this character because you're because he's he's a black character. It's like, well, I liked him in Force Awakens. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's because I think that he could be so much more than a full guy. Surely it's surely it's worse to reduce a character, you know, to... So you do a, a disservice to yeah. that person, to that character, by writing them so badly. He, he would have been and better than killed off for something. In terms mm. of what he and he could have had, and that could have happened in this film. Yeah, yeah. For some, for the greater cause of some kind. I'm also going to throw in my actual yeah, least yeah. favorite part of the last show, which is probably pretty inconsequential again. But Admiral Holdo, I could, yeah, I I don't have the words to describe. It kind of it feels to me a bit like a reference for the film of like she's just kind of annoying, 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 and then almost like tries to take one for the team as though she's some kind of hero does that make sense in, in the stupidest way possible mm. yeah and in it's an like that destroys the lore of Star Wars yeah I mean that yeah I, I mean all I can say though is that scene sounds and looks fucking incredible I love that I love the like time delay it looks amazing but makes no sense mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah Admiral Holdo for me kind of is probably the symbolic of the whole very thing. symbolic of the entire film and I, I was, I'm still just struggling to like yeah I'm worried to let Christian actually go because I think he's going to have some actual coherent points but the fact that the fact that Johnny and I have been talking about this and we can't like sh- we're just going through like kind of everyone and everything and things that happen and like there's no because it's a blob it's a very much a blob and an unnecessary blob, blob. Dull little space tricks. Are there any before we we get into questions? Is there anything positive about this film other than I said I like crates? Is there anything else we like the looks of, the sound of, the feel of? Any acting performances that we think are good? (laughs) Yeah, I I genuinely can't remember anything good. I mean, I like Paul. Joseph Gordon Levitt. Joseph Gordon Levitt playing a redneck alien. That was great. Uh, did you know that Ghost Joseph Gordon Lever was in it? I didn't. I didn't even know that. Mm. In, in um, the, uh, that's cool. That's the best bit of the film. <laughs> I like Porgs. Officially. I know Christian doesn't. I like Porgs. Oh. I don't I think that not that like them. I just think they're stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're stupid, alright? Yeah. No, I, I, think, I think they're quite cool and it's a shame they're just kind of... Yeah, they're just comedy fodder. But that's the whole point of the film, right? Yeah. Any good stuff is just... Is no longer good because it's just undermined yeah. by the bad shit. Um, yeah, I also remember like being genuinely quite confused about lots of. Them. I came out of the cinema and I was like, I think like we talked about before. I, w- I went into this film just expecting to like it because I like the Force Awakens. Thought it's just gonna be like the Force Awakens. Like that's the kind of tone that they've set. They set up so many things. It's gonna answer some of those things, but also open up things to the future. That was kind of my expectation. And I remember just coming out being like beforehand I was, I was like i'm obviously gonna like it and i was like am i doubting myself that i like it like and i'm and i'm having so many questions about like how does that what how how <laughs> and Ew. a bit like what johnny said it's almost like a, how i felt a bit like watching endgame like oh i haven't actually seen the actual film yet there's i've still got to watch the last jedi surely because like 
yeah what i've been doing for the last two years of my life um, yeah right christian go for it i'm just gonna shut up for a bit right first of all just as an overarching thing ryan johnson <laughs> what a condescending prick he is how he calls he apparently he's he said that he's gone on record and said that he sets out to make films that half people will hate and half people will love and that's probably what he did here and yet every time he gets called out or everyone time has a someone has a proper critique of his film he just shuts them down calls them a man baby or a racist or a sexist or that's his argument because he thinks he's so progressive and wonderful and he's written brilliant characters but what he's done is he completely undermined like you said what he was saying talking about Finn he took the interesting premise the interesting roots of Finn's story from The Force Awakens and just turned him into a buffoon in this he gets zapped by stunners and and John Boyk has come out and said in height like in the um, year since uh, well Andrew's off in the year since um, <laughs> in the year since that um, the last film came out that I'll show this pause over here. Should I pause it? No, no, go for it, go for it, go, go. In the instance that um, his character was undermined and he just felt like underused and underutilised and they could have done something so much more interesting with his character and I think that began with The Last Jedi by turning him into an idiot. Effectively an idiot. And then JJ seemingly tried to resurrect his plot thread about being an ex-Daughtry in The Rise of Skywalker and because it was picked up so late in the day he didn't have time to flesh out. And then again, with the female characters in this film, they are just, they're so badly written, but I think I've mentioned in the episode about strong characters, is that characters are not, not defined by their gender or their ethnicity. That's not, just by putting a female character into a film, or a lot of female characters in the film, doesn't automatically make it great and progressive. All characters need to have development, they need to have flaws and strengths, they need to, have, they need to be as everyone is in the real world, they need to be interesting and diverse and a real person. And his characters are not. The characters in Star in Last Jedi are not real characters. They are puddle-thin characters. No depth to them whatsoever. And But he gets away. Just Anyone who says that just gets labelled as a sexist or a racist or anything like that when they're not. They, we want good characters. That's what us as consumers want. That's who we gravitate towards. Great characters. And that's not what we got in the last July. That's my overarching thing about Ryan Johnson. I just think he's that he can't. He says he can. He says he sets out to make films that people will hate, but or half people will hate. But uh, as soon as people call him out for that, he uh, doesn't like it and he sulks. So, but like but you also, say, just but just chip sorry. in there. Why, why make a film that half the people hate that isn't like. I, I get making a film that half people hate if half the people love it and it's so amazing to those people that they love it so much. I can get that if it's like just controversial. But I think that's what he did set out to do, yeah. That's what he but, does But, but I, I don't think that people who like The Last Jedi, they might say they love it and like it's the best film ever. I don't think they actually... I don't think, I don't think that half the people love it and half the people hate it. I think that half the people might like it but half the people hate it. Do you know what I mean like mm -hmm. it's not that controversial and that well, special and that amazing and different that it's it could mm. possibly be a loved classic, mm -hmm. and so you basically just I I, you've yeah. made a you've made an averagely shit film. 
Do you know what I mean? Like, and I, I, I don't actually believe him either, because I don't think any film director, even the film director, the film directors without is genuinely true, mm-hmm. right? They don't set out to exactly. Do that. Yeah, they don't say it. They don't say so, it. They don't. And so it's, for me, it comes across like an insecure person saying it to cover his back mm-hmm. because people don't like his film. Oh, he's trying to be edgy for the sake of being edgy. Yeah. I, I feel like that's it because the, the there are film directors out there who are genuinely polarizing film directors. Okay, I'm not going to mention names, but yeah, some one that I'm associated with is genuinely pol- associated with. <laughs> I'm not actually associated. With I'm associated with Mr. Snyder, but, <laughs> but but he doesn't set out to be polarizing. Yeah. and there are even the more art housey polarizing people. Do not set out to be polarizing. Especially you not know, on no, just... no one would do it on something like Star Wars, something that's yeah. so such an iconic, massive. Mm-hmm. And let's be honest, if he'd set out to be polarizing, he wouldn't have got the job. No. Because that can because that can cut anyway. Yeah. Sorry, Christian. Karen, I just had to interject there because it just yeah that that argument doesn't even make sense does it like it doesn't doesn't hold up so sorry Karen I'll go back to muting myself <laughs> I just you just suddenly reminded me about um there was this video I watched by another name drop youtuber oh, who was it um, angry Joe was it no it wasn't angry Joe I think <laughs> it was I think it was robot head um he does these brilliant critiques of Star Wars of the sequel trilogy and he there's a there's a um there's a bonus featurette in the Blu-ray of Rise of Skywalker um, talking about the creation of the last film. And I'm kind of skipping forward a bit, but I, have, I think the same you know, issue applies to Ryan Johnson, is that they really seem to believe they're creating this deep narrative and this really complex story, and that's not what they're doing. They have they either have the delusions of grandeur or they just say it for the hell of it. And there was this line that this um, that robot head spliced into the video from a similar documentary about Apocalypse Now, which is I've never seen it, but I hear it's like it's a cult film, it's beloved, and it is has these deep themes because it's based on a book called Heart of Darkness, which I have read and did it studied at school, um, talking about the effectively the darkness of the heart and what can what people can stoop to when. Or what people can become, what's hidden away in the depths of the human heart, and what we're actually capable capable of doing in extreme circumstances. And he has this line where Francis Ford Coppola, the director, says if people set out to make a complex film and then fail, that's just abysmal, or something to, mm. to that effect. Um, and then I think people like J.J. Abrams and Chris Terrio and Ryan Johnson really believed they were setting out to create a really deep narrative. Um, and that's just not what we ended up with. Poor, we ended up as poor Chris Terrio. Mm. Poor Chris Terrio. If you see him in this documentary in Rise of Sky, he was just... He's Chris, Chris just... Terrio is one of the most... Uh, yeah. Because well, he wrote, wrote it, yeah. the um, Justice League and Dawn yeah, of Justice. And Batman v Superman. As then well, the yeah. year... But, like, he, and... F- and Snyder's Justice League as well. But the film he did before Dawn of um, Dawn of Justice was Argo, which is an award-winning Academy Award-winning film Oscar, with, with the Oscar-winning Oscar film with your favorite yeah. bloke in it. So he uh, and directing and it. directing and directing it. So he peaked very highly and then went very downhill quickly. But yeah. Last Jedi, going back to Last Jedi, that's as I said before, it's 
it feels like subverting expectation the film because <clears throat> so we start off with that Wait, can I do that subverting expectation the movie there we go that's what it is and it's, you say you're talking about that first scene it does that straight off with that stupid joke at Hux's um, behest and he took those interesting beginnings of plot threads those characters that we had in Force Awakens and they just completely get deconstructed and degraded and subverted like Hux was I think legitimately quite a terrifying psychopath like the way he was acting mm. and came across in The Force Awakens I was you know he was he was scary he was like a Hitler or a Goebbels kind of vibe to him when he's doing that speech before Starkiller Base fires he is deranged and he clearly believes in what's in the First Order stands for and then so we end up finding he's a traitor in the, in the uh, supposedly a traitor in the last one but to then go, to go from that to being someone who falls for a your mum joke is criminal to characterization. I think um well, not just him, yeah, you get Snoke. Snoke was a quite a foreboding character. All you saw of him in The Force Awakens was this kind of outline with very little colour and you could tell he was a powerful presence. He he had Hux and Kylo under his sway. He was they could have done so much with him. And yet watching the films again, it just he feels like a complete. He feels like a completely different character in the Last Jedi. You see him swagger out with a bloody yellow gold robe, looking like I think someone described him as a craggy looking. Um, what's his name? What's the? Ah, uh, uh, who's that Chucky renowned Chan. playboy? <laughs> Not Chucky. Chan. Who's that renowned playboy? Um, Hugh Hefner. Hugh Hefner. Yeah, basically looking like a, a craggy Hugh Hefner. Um, probably looking like Hugh Hefner now then. But uh, <clears throat> he's felt completely like a completely different character. Like in the first, in The Force Awakens, he speaks with an ominous tone. He speaks, he says about completing Kylo's training at the end. And then there's no hint of kind of levity in his voice or his tone or his actions. And then in The Last Jedi, he's kind of like, you know, kind of raising an eyebrow at Rey at her, you know, folly. as a hot child. I'm so much more powerful than you, don't you know? Blah, 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 blah. I'm just going to fling you about the room. Blah, blah, blah. I love a camp yeah, so. snake. Yeah, comes. <laughs> oh, darling, come just, here. <laughs> oh, darling. But he does. He just feels. He just loses all of his. Or everything that had kind of made him interesting in the Force Awakens. He wasn't particularly deep in the Force Awakens, but that could have been filled in. But no, he just becomes this weedy little character who who uh, Kylo then easily um, slices in half. And then that stupid scene where he's like got his eyes closed and he's imagining oh Kylo he's turning the lightsaber to strike true and you just think this is so stupid it looks ridiculous is that how it... and that's another thing in terms of the some of the dialogue and the writing itself I thought was abysmal in this film and so I had to um, I gave up writing notes about halfway through this film but I remember I was eating dinner and I had to quickly get the laptop out again when I heard this line which line was it it's Finn who says to um, uh, DJ, I think it's called DJ. Um, what's the actor's name? Benicio oh, del Toro. Yeah. That's yeah. He says, "Oh, at least you're stealing from the bad guys and helping the good." I was like that in line is fucking awful. 
absolutely awful. Yeah. It's the most clunky ways I've ever seen of trying to insert some vague political message into a film. Well, that's the, show that's, that. <laughs> mm, that's the, that's the thing. I've this is going to be one of my biggest issues with this whole thing is that when they it's clear that they're trying to promote kind of progressive kind of ideologies in some of these films, but if all storytelling I think should should have that somewhere themes deep th- interesting themes that the writer holds dear to their heart somewhere. It un- but it should be under the surface. It shouldn't be there being shoved down your throat, because people don't have like things being shoved down their throat, for want of a better word. Because <laughs> it's if it should be there. For, so if you go, if you watch it and you go looking to see these kind of these deeper themes, then um, you can see them. Or if you're not looking for them, they'll seep into your subconscious, and then in a like when you go and talk about it afterwards, you might end up discussing it and not really realizing you are. And you might suddenly come way round to a different way of thinking because of it, because it was there, kind of ticking away in your head. But you weren't—it wasn't like slammed in your face. It was just kind of trickled into your head, into your mind while you're watching this film, which on the surface is just space opera, biz, big space battles, and you know, glitzy blockbuster kind of vibe to it. But um, but aggressiveness is not a plot in itself. Huh? Progressiveness is not a plot. Mm, exactly, yes, that's and that's what I think and that's the issue, it's like what's gonna say? Uh you should be able to you should create a thing where people who just want to go and see a fun, action packed adventure, well a good story, then that's what they get. Or if you go if you want to there and you see deeper themes, then it should be there for you as well. But it's clear that people nowadays, because of their a lot of this there's a lot of this preaching that goes on. People actively rail against it. They don't. People don't like being preached to. That's the that's the fact. And if that's what they feel like they're getting from a film, then they will rail against it. That's. And if you go looking, if you go, there's nothing. I don't think there's anything preachy about the original trilogy Star Wars. But if you look deeper, it's effectively a fascist regime being undermined, being attacked by a more progressive rebellion. It's there, La but resistance. it's not. Huh? Sorry. The resistance. Yeah, exactly. But it's not. It doesn't feel shoved down your throat, and that's what the last Jedi, in particular, I think, suffers from. Um, Can I suggest a great really writer is? Sorry. Sorry, just yeah. really quickly into what you're just saying. So it's not necessarily to do with the preaching kind of element, but I think it's so clear to everyone who's in nerdy culture that Star Wars fans will make a film deep and will search for all these hidden meanings and different things anyway and going back to what you're saying about him him wanting to make a deep film like you don't need to do that you just need to make a film that's coherent and carries on a story mm-hmm. and then the, yeah. let the fans do the rest like the fans will then spend the next two years going all oh, this like all these different options and things that can happen they'll do all that for you Exactly, you just yeah, have yeah. to kind of make the film have tie up some of the things and then open up some things and that's all you have to do um, and this the the problem with this film is it it almost felt like the end of the trilogy <laughs> because at the end everyone was already deciding whether they liked it or not the trilogy like I, don't, I can't imagine many people were swayed by the rise of Skywalker people made up their mind after Last Jedi if they liked it or not mm-hmm. which just shows how they didn't get that, the 
they mm-hmm. kind of just need just needed to tick this over to the next one. Um, as yeah, I say, I think the mark of a great writer of a film, of a book, of anything is to create a great story and great characters, and that's what people come away from that experience with. And so we don't, you don't. I don't think you should have. You should never start with if you go if you start writing a story with a message in mind or a theme in mind. I don't think it doesn't ever goes very well. I don't think it ever goes very well. I think you need to begin with the characters. I think that is for characters and to a slightly lesser extent the plot. That's where things should come from. And characters are immutable. That's you can't don't ever change like switch a character or change, make a character different for the sake of the plot. And again, I think that's something that happens in uh, the Last Jedi. Characters get changed, like Snoke, like Hux, like like Ray, like Luke, like all of them. To fit the plot that Ryan Johnson wanted to wanted for his film, it feels like he came, he came in. I've got this story. I don't care about what was set up before. I don't care what the characters, how they would react and how they would be in these given situations. But I want them to act like this in my story. This is my story. Come in, do my story, then finished. And that's it. And that's again why it doesn't tie. It doesn't feel like it ties in very well into Force Awakens or Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> And I just can't, I can't fathom how Kathleen Kennedy saw that and thought, yeah, this is a great middle film to the final trilogy of the Star Wars saga. This will fit really well. How anyone saw it, it's not just that. I mean, like, mm. think about the amount of people that must have signed up on that and gone, yeah, this is good. Well, this well, is at least, like, acceptable for us to release. It's mm-hmm. bonkers. I mean, I mean, I know, you, I know, obviously, Ryan Johnson, you give a hard time to, and because it's obviously actually his, his child. But it is absolutely insane that the entirety of Disney and Lucasfilm thought this is what we want to present. Mm. So it's it's talking about subverting expectations. Like people, they say people have their theories about Thin. Thin. People have theories about Snoke. And there's this picture of Ryan Johnson holding up a card that says, "Your Snoke theory sucks." It's like they act. They they wanted to piss the fans off. All these fans yeah. who spent two years thinking about what, yeah, you know, what would happen next, what these characters would end up being, and they it's subverting expectations in by making everyone or not doing what anyone wanted or anyone because kind of speculated and doing yeah. and doing so actually doing the worst thing possible by killing Snoke off before he had any development by turning Hux into an idiot by making Luke a grumpy old man. Who had no hope whatsoever? The man who who went to save his father, who was one of the for the second most evil man in the galaxy, because he felt there was good in him, and is also the same man who saw his his uh, nephew being a bit emo, and therefore he had to kill him. Yes, that seems like the same character, doesn't it? Mm. And and again, subverting expectations, like we had that moment where she hands she's holding the lightsaber at the end of Force Awakens to Luke. It's like, what was going to happen next? What was what was going to happen next between the two of them? Oh, he just chucks it over his fucking shoulder into the water, and then goes off to change into his tramp robes that he's got. So why was he standing on that hill with his Jedi robes to suddenly just go and change into his shabby little cagoule? Why? Yeah. What was the point of that? <laughs> and I should have just I just wanted to point out this. Um, there was this clip I saw um, of Sam Witwer who. Some people will know is 
he was the voice and the um, visual representation of Starkiller in the Force Unleashed games. He's also the voice of Maul in Clone Wars and Solo. So another guy who's quite beloved in the Star Wars fandom. He's, he makes a point when he was doing this stream where he said in the, the um, standoff between Luke and Kylo at the end it's like Luke, you'd imagine Luke would be quite repentant that he'd, be, he'd feel really bad that he'd failed this kid he'd let someone talk him around to the dark side, he'd killed his dad, he'd, you'd think he'd be racked with remorse would like beg for forgiveness, would be at least sorry for what he hadn't done to like trying to make a Jedi of this kid instead of making him evil, and instead he just sits there going, calls him stands there belittling him, calling him kid, and just says, yeah, see you around kid at the end of it. It's like, that's just not, that's like not what Luke would say. Huh? Yikes. It's almost like 100. Does not, yeah, just doesn't seem like that's not the Luke that we know, and it's not, and I, Ryan Johnson has gone on record in his tweet saying, actually the Luke we get in Last Jedi is exactly, it fits perfectly with the Luke we end up with in, uh, at the end of Return of the Jedi. Like, no, it is, it's fucking not. It's not. I don't care what happened to him. There is no way they are the same character. He, I can imagine him potentially becoming grumpy and <laughs> um, at the loss that he's, he suffered. But the way he is, the way he reacts, the way he's as devoid of hope, the way he talks to his nephew after failing him so badly—it's not. It, it does I can't reconcile the two, those two characters, and it's just. It's as simple as I suppose. If um, imagine if Luke had uh, done that to Vader in Return of the Jedi, if he'd just say, "Hey, Dad, still batting for the dark side of sea, not so limber in your old age, pops." It just seems like the success. You wouldn't imagine him saying that, and therefore, yeah. why would he do that to Kylo? But yeah, <sighs> I agree. I'll try and, I'll try I, I, and stop I think, that. I think we've we've kind of touched on the Last Jedi, <laughs> and, <laughs> and I think we it, it's. We need to get on to the Rise of and also to talk about kind of overall thoughts. Yep. Um, yeah. But I think the main thing I think at this point is like, I don't know where they go. I don't. I don't know what what they could have done with what they had at this point to make it work. And I think that a really good example which you've talked about, Christian, is Hux. The, the the obvious thing with Hux is if he had been still lucky, was in the Force Awakens, there would have been a power struggle between him and Kylo. But it doesn't mm-hmm. matter because he's now just an insignificant idiot. Mm-hmm. The, the, the the kind of the military fo- side of the Force Awakens is now basically out of the equation because of what they do to Hux. And Kylo Ren hasn't really got an army that he's really controlling anyway. Well, he's kind of supreme leader, but who really knows? So it's that all of that entire strand is now inconsequential. So anyway, so moving on to the Rise of Skywalker. First of all, do you think there's anything that you could have seen happen that would have made it work? Or do you think they're onto a onto a losing horse before they even started? That, that would work as an individual film and would also reconcile the overall trilogy, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Can, I, can I just start by saying I was really... I was weirdly pumped by the trailers. And I think this is the case for all the three of the films, to be honest. But I was kind of pumped for the trailers. Um, why but I don't know because I think I was and I wasn't when I think about it I think now when I look back I was 
because I because it felt like we were slightly like returning to mm. what I sort of hoped was going on. But at the same time, also now when I look back, it's like yeah, you're just like sucking people in by like reheating the old stuff. Yeah, and I did fall for it. Um, when I look back now, I don't like the trailers, but at the time I liked the trailers um, because I fooled for what they wanted. They were trying to do. But onto your point, um, Andrew, I think it would have been really difficult. I think there's like very little way of correct, like in one film, correcting all these things and then still delivering an ending would be quite difficult. I think you would almost need two films, one to like correct course <laughs> and then one to actually have the actual end of the yeah. film. Um, so I feel like doing it all in one film was always going to be difficult. But the problem is as well is that they this thing where they try and correct course but also with some things like don't but because it's sort of too late and then it's just it's just a mess I don't know I think for me the damage is done because when you think of like a middle film it affects everything mm. if it's like the last film then obviously people could just forget that and then the first two mm. but when you're in the middle film you can't really ignore it and so yeah I don't know it's very difficult just, I, I didn't really go into the film with high expectations other than being really pumped for the trailers. I was still a bit just like, let's just sort of, yeah, go back to how it was. And then it, yeah. yeah. Go back to, yeah. But I just really, I wasn't really satisfied with any of it, really. Because even some of the course correcting, I just thought was a bit like, yeah, obviously, kind of thing, you know? Yeah. A bit, ugh. I see. What about you, Christian? Is that your Vader impression? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. It's... A lot of people, I think, back up or try to defend the Rise of Skywalker by saying that J.J. Abrams was left with a pile of shit and he was just trying to do his best, but... He... He, he, ends, he started with a pile of shit and he ended, with, ended it with a pile of shit. He could have done, I think, from what I've seen, the original director for the third film, Colin Trevorrow, was actually going to utilise what he'd been left with in The Force Awakens and The Rise and Last Jedi and bring everything together, bring it to a close. Probably would have been, wouldn't have been terribly satisfying, but it would have probably just felt better just it would have flowed better because it would have felt more like a complete story the issue with trying to course correct from the last Jedi is that it just feels so disjointed and he does it feels so rushed because he's trying to do so much he's trying to change like switch so much up because he didn't like what Ryan Johnson did with the last Jedi even though he claims that he does but obviously he has to say that and but to the to bring back Palpatine just felt like the ultimate desperation to try and win back the fans. And I think a great writer could have made something of what they were been left and without it being just a retread or bringing back an old villain, they could have done something interesting with it. Maybe it wouldn't have been great, it probably wouldn't have been great because the foundation wasn't there, but it would have been better. And Imagine if Maul had come think, back. Oh yeah, yeah, not half. I think I seem to remember hearing George 
George Lucas's plan for the sequel trilogy would have involved potentially more coming back into him. Mm. Never mind. But it's JJ needs to get just and Chris Terrio needs to get just as much flack as Ryan Johnson for this what we got left with in the sequel trilogy. They shouldn't get a pass for saying by saying they were left with the Last Jedi and they couldn't do much. Like they could have done, they could have done something different. They could have done something original. They didn't. They chose not to. They chose to force back uh, the villain from the first two trilogies, and in doing so, completely undermine Anakin's entire story arc because his story arc was supposed to be to destroy Palpatine, and that's what his final act before he died was to destroy Palpatine. So it feels like his story was undermined. By bringing Palpatine back, yeah, I don't. Yeah, that's that's how I feel. It's if they someone had the good writer had just used what they've been left with to create something original and interesting. It could have been better, not great, but better. But JJ and Chris Terrio didn't do a good job at all, and it's rushed and it's messy and it's disjointed and it's all over the place and it's a blink and fetch quest it feels like a video game they just go around finding these objects that somehow link up to another place or another object and it's a joke frankly to have a dagger that has been carved with the shape of the fucking death star wreckage from about 20 15 20 years previous in a sea which no doubt would have damaged that wreckage and changed the shape of it yeah yeah it's a, it's a joke what I was going to say is I wonder if there were conversations between JJ and Kathleen Kennedy etc about what what can be changed and what can't be changed um, and yeah what what constraints JJ obviously I, I'm not trying to sort of sort of levy any blame from him but I'm interested to know, interested to know sort of what constraints he was under with that film. Beyond the obvious, mm. if that makes sense. Because there must have been, bearing in mind it from all intents and purposes, they were happy with the Rise of Skywalker. You would imagine there would be there would have been some sort of reticence to, for them to like completely uproot everything. I don't know. Yeah, well, that's why I think it'd be really interesting to try and work out what actually what went on behind the scenes. The just there's some such stark moments where you can see he's undermining what Ryan does, like when he has when Ray throws a lightsaber into that tie fire wreckage, and Luke's Force Ghost catches it and says a Jedi weapon deserves more respect. It's like, yeah, that's completely having a dig at what Ryan had Luke do. Yeah, and then to basically just. To create General Pride, um, Richard E. Grant's character, who was basically Hux from The Force Awakens, reborn in a different character because he'd been turned into an idiot in The, For- in the Last Jedi. That felt just like another dig at Ryan Johnson's expense. So yeah. he did these, all these little very unsubtle things of undermining what Ryan Johnson did. <laughs> but there we go. Yeah, in some ways, I actually think it was worse than The Last Jedi in that. I think it just, like you said, it's, it was just a joke. I mean, I think that The Last Jedi didn't do anything, but at least it was kind of trying to be serious. I don't know if that's even a word I can use, but like... I don't know if that's even correct, but I think it, like... 
the Rise of Skywalker literally just felt like uh, a slightly drunk person. I, I can't imagine if Johnny was to um, have like a couple of beers on a Friday night and then be like, I've got an idea. He was going to write down a story and it wasn't his best work. Can I just say, can I just say, I wouldn't have brought the Emperor back. Even, even drunk me wouldn't have done that. Okay. But I think with the option, I, I don't know what else they could have done. I don't. I don't know what they. What original? Unless they just gone. Okay. Well, Kylo is Kylo or Rey are the villain. Let's just have this mm-hmm. out, and they've got to stay the villain until the end of the film. They can't swap, switch, or do anything crazy. Um, I don't know what else they could have done. Who else is but again for me that that also stinks of commercial stuff as well, of like having Kylo, not as the real big bad. Yeah. It's like, oh, we can't make him really evil because we want to make him sort of likable, you know? Yeah. And like, I feel like that's also a commercial decision. And you're right. They're like, it feels like bringing the Emperor back was like, like them going, oh shit, what do we do? Like, how do we fix this? Let's bring the Emperor yeah. back. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it's now okay for, I mean, they've now got, for young girls, they've got Rey and all her outfits and her vision. And then you've got Kylo for young boys. And that's... They they probably well, I thought you meant and for old fascists you've got the emperor <laughs> yeah but as in as in they probably probably couldn't kind of market Kylo to kind of as easily to young kids young boys yeah as they could Ray whereas now they've got the perfect like <laughs> two good guys kind of fighting together against the bad um yeah I don't know what they could have done differently to the, apart from the, apart from bringing back the emperor um I still think it's rubbish. I think the issues are so deep rooted that I just don't think I don't think there's literally anything they could have done in that last film to make it make it work. The kiss between Kylo and Ray really fucked me off. That I remember that like half of the audience was like, oh my god, and half of them were laughing. And like these were like the it was like the midnight viewing, so it was like Star Wars fans. Star Wars fans. It wasn't like um yeah, kind Casual of fri- five o'clock after school Not when the, uh, Yeah. It was not the average shit man. Just. No, we'd already we'd already stayed up from about six o'clock watching the Force Awakens and um, the Last Jedi in the cinema, so they were oh, pretty God, committed folks. You. Yeah, it was hot as well. Um, but what well, the kiss was? Crikey. No, it was just uh, I remember <laughs> just being disappointed with with that and thinking, yeah, no, this is just like al- al- almost felt someone's taking the mick out of me. You know what I mean, like if. You know when like you, you like you leave a cinema and you have people like oh nerds like I felt like that was happening to me inside the cinema for a change, <laughs> you know, um, and yeah, so that was that's how I felt. That's how I felt watching the Whedon cut. <laughs> um, so yeah, and I felt a lot of similar feelings to how I felt with Endgame, of like just being very confused about like is this the actual film that they've produced? Is this actually it? the weird comedy bits? One slightly positive, is it Pasana, the place they go to? The like desert, colourful desert place? Yeah, I think so. That's quite pretty. And I quite, I think it's quite cool, the bit the bit that they loved in the trailer where Ray jumps over the tie striker. That's pretty cool. But apart from that, I have no interest in it. The stupid, her making her own lightsaber orange and then burying the lightsabers I mean I assume at some point in the future they'll come back and there'll be like a tree that's grown out of the lightsabers or something <laughs> I don't know like it's or there'll be like an oasis or something lightsaber tree <laughs> the, the best thing I the best thing I loved about the Rise of Skull which is well worth the 
um, entry fee was when I got home. I can't remember actually what his name is, but there was this guy, this English guy from like South London on YouTube, who obviously just he obviously just rode the train of having. What's his name? Make a promotion. I honestly can't remember. I, I literally listened to him to about five days pretty solidly because he was proper riding the train of publicity and then I haven't listened to him since. But he was he was basically just like laughing at the whole thing and then was hilariously like loving people attacking him and then just like making videos about like kind of batting it off and like it was just amazing. It was the most fun I had out of that film. Um, people trying to make like valid arguments. People also making stupid arguments like you don't like it because you're sexist kind of thing um it's like yeah it just was a hilarious kind of um look at why why the, on a bigger scale the film didn't was never going to work these films were never going to work because if they're trying to appease to star wars fans who are taking it somewhat seriously they're trying to appease to the general population who just want to see a good film and you're also trying to appease people who think that there should be some kind of message in every film and everything like like that there should be a message in a film when you've got people literally killing each other that there should be a message about I don't know feminism or race uh-huh. like I, I yeah so it was just yeah um, all around a big disappointment and then looking back after that film obviously completely tainted the Force Awakens for me as well so yeah just a big good film Force Awakens, terrible film, Last Jedi, and just a joke. Rise of Skywalker. That's my, that's my three film summary. What about you? That's succinct. Yeah, I agree. Just it's kind of upsetting how like just down we are about this. Like I kind of expect us to be like animated and like angry, but it's kind of is. Do you know what I feel? We just I sad. feel sorry for. I feel sorry for Force Awakens, me. Yeah, for that hope and we had. <laughs> I feel like, yeah. A new hope. I just, yeah, it was a new hope. Yeah, uh, it, it awakened a force inside me. No, um, I, yeah, it's just, oh, I don't know. The whole thing, it feels like, for Christian probably more than us, Andrew, but it just feels like it's taken so much. This sounds really dramatic, but it's taken so much out of us. Just like this experience. I agree. Do you know what I mean, it's just, it's just so like. And it really annoys me that there are people that will defend it. It yeah. actually annoys me. And that, more. The, I'd rather if we all agree. If everyone just agreed that they were shit, yeah. then that would be fine. I would allow, I would be okay with that. Like, you know, the whole Whedon stuff has been kind of okay because now people agree it was shit. But this is weird when the people that are actually delusional about it, I find it really disconcerting. Deceptive like it. And even more frustrating. I don't think so. Okay, good. So if you sure can write to us on the usual channels to express your opinion, it may or may not be shared. <laughs> when, he, when he comes on for the Lord of the Rings episode, we can get his opinion. We can get his opinion on everything. Yeah. <laughs> an evening with Seb Stacey. Yeah. <laughs> Bring out the red carpet. Other, Seb, other Sebs are available. Mm. <laughs> Preferably. It's not here. Um, yeah, no, I agree. It's, it's, um, it's, just, it's just sad, isn't it? It's just it's sad. It was like last coming out of the and last. I, Sorry, you go. I was gonna make a bit of a wider point, which is, for me, this just whole thing comes down to decision making about coming up with something, not film by film, having a sort of idea of where you're going, 
and putting someone in charge of that not yeah. you know yeah so uh, you can have different directors for different films in a, in a franchise as long as there is a core vision of where you're going. Just like the, the MCU. M- yeah, MC- <laughs> MCU does the it direct, pretty well. The directors are kind of somewhat yeah. ir- not irrelevant, but like no one go yeah. no one looks at film goes steering, to that director ruin that film or that yeah. the whole rest There's, of the MCU. Yeah, they might have had a bad uh, film, but yeah, Full Dark World uh, tried his best, but uh, um, uh, I'm kidding, but. Um, yeah, they give, they give the director and they, as long as they, they can do whatever they like, like, as long as they go from A to B. And the whole point is that Last Jedi doesn't go to B. It doesn't even go to F anywhere. Really. <laughs> it goes, yeah, it goes to X. It goes um, to before A. It cuts yeah, off all the things that could touch. It goes, to, it goes from A to A minus. Yeah, yeah, to X, and then back to B. <laughs> and to J. Anyway, yeah. So, and that's the point. You just got clear decision making and having lots of different people writing it, and just just having it so blech. It's just if you want JJ Abrams to oversee, and I think JJ Abrams is quite good at sort of big picture stuff. Give him the keys to it. Let him do it. You know, but or don't. But don't have this yeah. whole just muddled vision of where you're not knowing you're, where you're going, and then bringing him back, and then. It's just, and it's ugh. so frustrating that it must it would have been so easy to make three safe Star Wars films that I can't believe yeah. like I, I think if you I can't think of many Star Wars fans who wouldn't just be able to knock out an idea for a trilogy mm-hmm. that would have worked like it's not hard I'd love to see I'd love to see Christian get angry as he writes as he tries to iron out plot holes in his own his own but like but like but Star yeah. Wars has plot holes that, this that is, is the, 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 the small plot was I don't think even like that's not the issue like it just they just could have made oh, for Christian they would be the issue if Christian wrote yeah, yeah. Own, they would well, be that's the fine issue. but then you could It'd have made it really tight but, but they just they, it was it's so easy to make a Star Wars story that works yeah, yeah. without one a Star Wars story the Emperor yeah but like yeah, you for one all you actually have to do is just follow the beats pretty closely from the other trilogies which again Force Awakens does well and then doesn't carry, carry on so that, that 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 to me is even more frustrating like we're not expecting some kind of when no one was going into these films thinking it's going to be completely new and different and wacky were they I don't think like they were mm. you're still going to have Han you still have Chewie still going to know all these different things Death Stars all that kind of goodness blasters lasers all good lightsabers like it didn't need to be crazy it just needed to be a safe story that covered that time period mm-hmm. so yeah Christian at the same time I think you, I was wondering if we were moving into the summary phase but uh, not, not quite because um, I, I didn't want to cut quite. off your Rise of Skywalker bit mm-hmm. um, oh, I thought we were doing the summary phase so I haven't actually let Christian talk about the Rise of Skywalker yet <laughs> That's what I would probably won't. I haven't got much more to say about beyond what you've said, and it's just I did make my point about it being very messy and a desperate effort to try and rectify the mistakes of the previous film. Um, my notes are a bit more streamlined on this one because I got to the point where I was just just writing quick notes <laughs> as we were going on. So I'll just do a quick, just a, a very very brief quick fire round of just some of my notes. I was going to say going through it. Can we have a jingle for Christmas? Quick fire rounds. <laughs> quick fire. 
Right, Lightspeed skipping, another another thing of uh, him trying to rectify an issue that Ryan had created by uh, tr hyperspace uh, tracking. Uh, Exegol, Hidden World of the Sith, no, the, Hidden World, the World of the Sith is either Korriban or Moriband, if you've read the EU, so sod you, it's not Exegol. Uh, they fly now, they've always fucking flown. Um, the, 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 the dagger, <laughs> bloody stupid thing from the trailer. <laughs> the dagger, the dagger that Ray holds, says uh, holds and says that horrible things have happened with this. Uh, in her other hand, she is currently holding the Youngling Slayer 2000, um, which is Anakin's lightsaber, which murdered countless Jedi and younglings. So to say that the dagger has done horrible things is a bit of an understatement. Uh, force healing, another thing that completely undermines everything that came before it, because if force healing existed, then the whole story would never have happened, because Anakin would not have uh, needed to confide in Palpatine to uh, save any his wife or his mother. But there we go. Uh, as a as a credit to my friend George, who might be joining us for the TV episodes, uh, there's a thing yep, about George. there's a character called Rothgar Deng, this weird, odd-looking alien you see in the. Uh, pub in Onkajimi, which is apparently meant to be Dengar from the original trilogy, and that was a complete <laughs> another character, uh, one not even an obvious uh, character assassination but that was one in, that is there, and he wants to mention that. Can I, can that, I please so. request now that I don't go up against George in a quiz? Oh, yeah. Because okay. I feel like he, he already is. But then you're he the one that knows, probably than. knows the Clone Wars best out of us. Okay, well, I'll, so I'll, I'll you... bat for our side, but I'm just like, <laughs> just so not sure I have what yeah, against George. I'll call you up if I need any help. Mm. Taking the bit where C-3PO loses his memory, which again undermines it because he doesn't. He just gets it. Um, all these like supposedly emotional moments that again that undermines by the later films. Like you think Chewie's dead, but he's not. You think C-3PO has lost his memory, but he doesn't because he gets it restored. But he says when he says the bit about taking one last look at his friends, it's like these people. None of his actual friends are there. There's just a couple of people he's known for a little <laughs> while. R2's not there, Luke's not there, Leia's not there, Han's not there, Chewie's not there. So none of his actual friends are there, just a fun bunch of uh, vacuous characters that he's known for all of ten minutes, probably. Um, They're not our know, friends. Huh? They're not our friends. friends. Not even our friends, definitely not even our friends. I mentioned about the dagger and the bloody line, the wreckage of the Death Star, that was a load of rubbish. Um, uh, I wasn't a fan... Sorry, I was reading the fan. Head. That's the highlight the of this. <laughs> In case you weren't sure, <laughs> the summary has come um, out. I was saying about the um, why do they why does suddenly like thousands and thousands of people suddenly come to the aid of the resistance when arguably the first order is in a stronger position than it was at the end than it was at the end of the Last Jedi, where no one came to help. So at the end of Lost Jedi, they've first of all have just lost their Starkiller base, they're arguably on there, and they just lost their, you know, other the supremacy. So they're on probably their weakest point in the whole trilogy, seemingly, and yet no one comes to help them. And yet, when seemingly they're on their 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 height and they've got ten thousand new ships with planet-killing weapons on them, everyone comes to help. Bit strange, doesn't doesn't really work. But there we go. Force the uh, Force Dyad and the Force Suck that uh, Palpatine does on. <laughs> Sorry, did you just say the words force suck, Christian? Yeah, this is what someone else has. Not me coined that term, but that bit okay. when Ray and Ray and Ben are in front of um, Palpatine and he starts kind of sucking the life force. Okay. It's, it's called force suck. It's force suck. I thought you were That's talking about the part where Ray basically kills Kylo and then brings him back to life. Mm, blimey, no, that's a that's a face that's pull. A, that was. Because that happened. That the force, force pull. healing is um, concerning in this film. 
Just 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 in the fact that they're able to make up new force mm. abilities. Very so the one thing, the one force power that, that Yoda's never thought surgery. of doing. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't like the fact that the the, um, the force ghosts can seemingly interact with the real world in this one. Like Yoda calls down that fun lightning strike in the Last Jedi, and then Luke cat like catches the lightsaber in this one. And don't then you start wondering why do they not do more to help? There yeah, agreed. Um. But yeah, about the um, what was I going to say? Um, I've forgotten. Sorry, my my, my mind is just Force racing. Sucking. Just <laughs> drowning in all the bands. I like like how when you when you get your power back as well, Palpatine get these gets these glorious red robes. His, his robes suddenly turn red. Oh, it's, it's amazing. Why do you have to rub your chest? To just just running where the where the red was on his suit. It was just like suddenly turned red. It was just oh, it was great. It's like sucking the life force out of someone else gives you. Swash, 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 don't know, swash. Uh, suave new robes. Uh, I love Do you reckon that. that's did, how? Did that that gold robes. Yeah, maybe well, it was. Is yeah, that how C three PO got a red arm? That's no, not. <laughs> it's, it's the story between him and a vat of acid. A vat of acid, really? Mm. Was it? Was it Ace Chemicals? No, it was. <laughs> oh dear. Um, Da, 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 da. I don't like the fact that she takes the Skywalker name at the end of the film. That's another thing. I think that's uh, <laughs> the fact that the there is no actual there's no actual Skywalker left in the Star Wars universe now, and there's actually the only, all that's left is a Palpatine. It's a it, little, this, feels this, a might, this might add in another four hours to this thing, but her parents <clears throat> played by Killing Eve's very own um, what's her name. Mm. Uh, now. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the one from that anyway. Yeah, gets like a two uh, two second cameo. Just uh, a very strange part of that as well. And then you got to start wondering about whether Palpatine was uh, who he was bonking to uh, to create. Clearly, <laughs> to Palpatine was just a player this entire time, just pimping it out. He's the real Hugh Hefner. Yeah. <laughs> you got to wonder like, when the age up. the ages don't work, and he must have been he must have done that after he got all craggy in Revenge of the Sith, and that's a horrible thought. That's quite a horrible. Is that the concern? Imagine imagine that Imagine that Revenge of the Sith. Imagine that Revenge of the Sith post Revenge of the Sith Palpatine, his face contorted in the throes of ecstasy. Yeah, but if you think about how wrinkly his face is, when he finishes, he goes unlimited power. Oh, see, look, we're having fun now. We're having fun. See? We're laughing at Star Wars. We're doing what Ryan Johnson did, and it's great. <laughs> um, any more points I'd like to make? Da, 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 da. If you don't finish every point, Christian, we won't hold it against you. I'm sure there's some... I was just going to say, just while I see it, it's actually in one point, it's like they kept toying with the idea of Ray being turning to the dark side or turning evil in this film. Mm. They had it in the trailer when you see that Ray with a red lightsaber. And they kept talking, like, mm. Kylo says to her, it's like, you're going to come, I'm going to come to you, and you're going to... I'm going to turn you to the dark side. Like, she has never shown any kind of dark side tendencies at all in the whole trilogy. She's nice. She's pure. She's gooder than good. She's blinking. Put makes um, much like you. She makes Luke Skywalker look, look like a right bastard because that's how good she is. Thank so you. the fact that he can say, "I'm going to turn you to the I was dark worried. side," you weren't saying. I was, Christian, I was worried because I was like, "I hope you're not saying that to me." You like, missed it, <laughs> it doesn't work. <laughs> And, and tying that into the like, just because your grandfather was an evil person, why does that mean that you're going to turn evil? And why does that mean you have the power of force lightning? She like, uses force lightning when she's pushed in this film. Like that's not that's not a genetic. You don't inherit that. 
that's a power you have to as far as I've seen from the expanded law, you have to train a hell of a lot in the dark side to attain that power and yet she just has it because she's related to an evil person that doesn't that's not how the force works just to coin a hand solo quote there exactly and now I'm thinking of force lightning to the tune of grease lightning <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, I think after, I'll, I'll cut it short there but I've got there's a lot there's a lot about this film I've got so well, many notes about this fine, we'll, have a, we'll have another one at some point we'll have another episode about this uh, a retrospective one yeah. other thing I like just to throw in a positive I quite like the forced ghost like talking bit having all the like Jedi's come back in just you could hear in the background that was quite cool I would like to have of, actually seen them that's what I, if that would have been cool but, but, but I felt that was a cool bit that was like a Star Wars if you're like a Star Wars fan and you kind of the more you've seen of Star Wars yeah. the more you will then be able to pick up on them and hear different voices like mm-hmm. Kim and Kanan's voice and things yeah. like that I oh yeah I forgot Kanan was there I just, yeah. just so, while well, you mentioned that that apparently I've I was going to say a second ago, I forgot. I do actually quite like the new force power where they connect, the two of them are connected and they can see each mm. other and they have those moments where objects kind of fall between them. I did quite like, I know it's not a lot of people do, but I did quite like that. I made it. That was interesting. Quite, different. That's quite visual, that yeah. From the beginning. Mm. Visually, that was really good, good to work with. I think that's the, um, how they did yeah. that. Although then yeah. that adds to a plot hole with when they, in this film, when they, talking she's in his his quarters on the ship and he's down on Kajimi. she's holding the dagger and yet he doesn't clock that she where she is but there you go another plot hole but there we go yeah indeed so that was the rise of skywalker i've got one question before we kind of go on to our concluding thoughts on all of them mm-hmm. do you think that these films are better when you think of them as part of the nine films rather than just an individual on their own or do you think for someone else that's watching it that might be the case like if someone was just didn't know Star Wars at all and they were now going to start fresh going one to nine, do you think it's any better in that way than it is for us having just seen them as kind of like an individual trilogy? Worse. Worse. Because then, because you should just it's yeah, it's just fucking over everything that's happening. I think just seeing them as separate entities would make these a slightly better, more palatable. Yeah. Because if you're not if you're not invested in the first six films, I think you have a better chance of enjoying this. I think very, and that explains why that explains why a lot of people who liked it are sort of yeah, casual yeah, Star exactly, Wars yeah. people. Yeah. How about my you? my summarising comment when I I completely agree. I just thought I'd put it in there just in case there was some kind of wild disagreement. Um, my closing thoughts that I wrote down were, thank God for the Mandalorian. <laughs> yes. Because I think otherwise. But it just shows that just shows what a poor state Star Wars was left in. Because I don't. Th- think I don't find the Mandalorian a masterpiece or a great feat of storytelling I think it's just pretty good solid fun Star Wars and the fact that that is just at that point just miles better than what we've got just speaks to how bad the sequel trilogy really was but that's all the sequel trilogy needed to be wouldn't it like they didn't, mm-hmm. didn't need that's what I'm saying I know, it needs yeah. to be special mm-hmm. it just needs to be like that just Star Wars and an interesting story. Didn't need to be blowing your mind. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Any other any other closing thoughts for our summary thoughts? Um, there is there's so many things. There's so many things I haven't said. Um, one thing I'll say, another positive. I think some of John Williams's music. I don't think it's as good as some other of his. I don't think there's as many hits. 
Um, I think the Ray's theme is interesting. I think that the Acto Island theme is interesting. And I think that he does a good job of bringing back some of the older themes where it's relevant. Like Leia's theme comes back a little bit. Palpatine obviously gets a couple of his bass lines thrown in. Funky bass lines. <laughs> um, so, yeah, music good, but not as good as previously. But cool to see John Williams. Obviously, more John Williams is great. Um, yeah, just overall, I, if I'm being completely honest, I, when Christian was talking about doing these, this, um, this podcast, I had very little interest in watching them again because I know I wouldn't enjoy even the one film I enjoyed because of what happens after it. Um, and I, I, I respect Christian entirely for putting nearly nine hours of his, hours of his life. It's a rewatching them. To, to re-watch on the line yeah um, because I just had no interest in watching them again and I yeah and that's just really sad that yeah I've gone as how many times I've seen the sequels I'm oh, sorry the prequels and the originals Love them. Um, and I've literally only seen The Rise of Skywalker once I've seen it three times like, now mm, yeah well done and I probably Cheers, I probably Christian. will, I'll probably will watch it again medal? like I don't know if I have a relation of some kind that wants to watch it, I might watch it again, but I'd probably be so <laughs> aggressive at it. A relation of some kind. I don't <laughs> I like to watch it while I'm having relations. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, th- I just think that's, that's sad. And I kind of, yeah. I hope they never do anything after that point now. I hope they never really do more with Ray. Have you, have you, either of you seen the Resistance TV show? No. No, I watched one episode of it and I really didn't like it. It's a very weird style, very children's. Oh, it looks like CBB. Based. Yeah, that is very much. Which is strange because I kind of thought it'd be like the Clone Wars and Rebels in that it's like obviously like an animated thing, but it's like not just that. It just seems like the quality, the kind of the animation quality just goes down. It's like Clone Wars is pretty good, Rebels is pretty good, and then Resistance. What the fuck? Yeah, I think they were trying to do a different kind of style. It's almost, it's almost, it's not actually, but it's almost like a manga kind of. Mm. 2D style um, but it's yeah I don't I I really didn't enjoy the one episode I watched I was like I literally feel like I should be watching this like my nephew or something like it I felt strange watching it as a over 18 year old man mm-hmm. you know did you feel slightly guilty and ashamed um no I may have wept a little bit but <laughs> um yeah so overall my thoughts are sad rather than angry just I wish they could have just done a safe Star Wars. And I have no confidence for any future Star Wars films. <laughs> I have more confidence for TV shows, which is strange. But mm-hmm. That's my overall thoughts. Johnny, your summary? Well, I've, I've sort of accidentally already done it. Um, <laughs> You've come too early. I'm going to say... I'm going to say that... Like, yeah, genuinely, I'm just really sad. And it's just... And when I think back... When I just think of them as a, as a trilogy, I'm just like... Ugh. It's just, I just find it exhausting thinking about them. And that sounds awful, and I, f- and I feel bad saying it. But, yeah, it's just such a wasted opportunity mm-hmm. and a missed opportunity. And kids growing up with this being their trilogy. Yeah. No wonder merchandise sales are like down. Kids are just not exactly. inspired. Because you're not buying them, Christian. Because you're not buying everything up. Anyway, Christian, you're you're the uh, expert here. Give us your 
final thoughts. Right, I've got two, just two points, two two points to make to finish up on. I think I think I've said most of the piece. I probably haven't done the entire fifteen pages of notes, but done a fair chunk of them. That's all right. So point point one <laughs> is just a disclaimer to people who one of the arguments that people who like the trilogy say when you talk about issues with where did Snoke come from or why didn't we find out about Snoke why didn't you find out about the New Order, First Order and Kylo and various members is that they say, oh well when the original trilogy came out we didn't know anything about Vader we didn't know anything about the Emperor back then, but that's because or we didn't because it was all it was in a vacuum at that point the whole, we didn't know anything about the rest of the universe we didn't know anything about the law, the technology the world and so that meant that where we were getting, we could just fill in the gaps ourselves. Or if we, if we wanted to, we didn't have to even have to do that. You just take what you, you're given and just accept that it's somewhere there in the world and the rest of the world exists. And But <clears throat> so many after so many years, the gaps have been the gaps around between the prequels and the original trilogy and after the original trilogy and various TV shows that filled in the gaps. We know how the world works. We know the law, we know the technology, we know the history, much of the history around it. We know that at the end of Return of the Jedi, the Empire loses, the Empire Emperor dies. So what happened in that 30 years between the original trilogy and The Force Awakens? That meant that we led to another situation where we had an Empire, effectively an Empire, fighting a rebellion again. What was this, what was, how did that happen? Where did, where did Snoke come from? In the after in the aftermath of the Emperor's defeat, where did he come? We we needed to know that. We needed to find that out, and we didn't. He could have been he could have been Palpatine's master. He could have been a manifestation of the dark side. He could have been something interesting, but he wasn't. He was just underused and a wasted opportunity. Just just that against to say just that argument that you know we. We didn't know about the Emperor and Vader and when we first watched the original trilogy, but that's because we had nothing else to compare against. Now we have 30, 40 years of material and we needed more context. We needed to know more about the history of where, what happened in those 30 years. Why did Luke end up the way he did? Why did Kylo turn to the dark side when he clearly had a loving, probably had quite loving parents and a loving master? Why did he turn? What did Snoke do? To turn him to the dark side, we needed to know these things, and we didn't get them, and that's one of the main reasons why I think this trilogy failed. And two, that was my first point. And two, my very, very final point is that you can say what you like about the prequels, their dialogue, and there's some hammy acting, but the story across all three films is very much the vision of a lone writer, one writer, George Lucas. And his creativity was on full show. We see so many different worlds, different characters, all these different aliens, and we had well, say whatever you want about the story itself, or the love story between Anakin and Padme. It was a coherent storyline, and we could see the change in Anakin from where he went to to where he ended up. And maybe at times it might have been a little rush, but it was a coherent story. One, two, three, three films that. Fed, that bl uh, flowed into one another seamlessly 
What did we get in the sequels? We got more sand in Jakku, we got another walker battle on a world of ice. I know you liked crates, but I didn't. And we have an extra who has to helpfully say that it's salt and not snow, because just in case we didn't know. Um, there's another desert planet in the Rise of Skywalker. There's where was there was where was the originality? If you can't think of a good villain, just bring back an old one. If it it was devoid of creativity and it was just oozing corporate interest to its detriment. And that can be seen from the um the flaggy box office receipts, how we can how we got from just over two billion Force Awakens, one point three billion last Jedi, just over a billion with Rise of Skywalker, less than Joker. And Joker was a film that was only for mature audiences. And the kids couldn't go and see it. And me. And, you, and yet it made more money than Rise of Skywalker, a Star Wars film. That just... If that doesn't sum up how much damage was done in the course of this trilogy, then I don't know what does. Yep. That's my final point. I, I want to make that into a sound clip, Christian. Which bit? And then you can play it back. Just the bit where you said, I know you like Crate, but I didn't. And then you can just play <laughs> it. You can play it back to anyone that ever says anything to you about how good the right It was just the way you are. said it. It was the way you said it. I know you like Crate, Angie, but I didn't. It was just like, it was like classic pub talk. Yeah. That's what it was. <laughs> Christian down the pub complaining about Star Wars. But anytime you're in a forum, Christian, and you're arguing with someone about, I don't know, Kylo Ren Ray ship or whatever, <laughs> 74. And they're saying how good the films are. You can just play them that clip, and that's what you need to say. You see that that bit where that where that guy tests like explains that it's salt on that planet. The guy standing behind him is Gareth Edwards, who this guy who directed Rogue One, the best film of this new set of films. He should have been the man behind the Last Jedi, not in Ryan Johnson. Yeah, I agree. Oh yeah, so that's those are our thoughts. Those are two hours of our thoughts on these three films. So Johnny. I hear you've prepared a special yeah, quiz. Yeah, I might need to take in some more oxygen before I deliver <laughs> yeah. it. But, but so, yes. so I'm just... Um, after after last time, we had this great idea that we were going to say our names and then I was going to edit in something hilarious, like a Bane quote or a Joker quote. It was just so hilarious hearing Johnny and I going, Drink, Andrew! <laughs> so I think we'll just do exactly the same thing this time. <laughs> so this, this time the quiz okay. is between... Christian and myself, for some reason, because I'm like the most average nerd and kind of cover a large number of things, I kind of just get pitted against these two that actually know very a lot of stuff about specific <laughs> things. So, again, maybe you're not going to beat Christian. There are things here you're going to know. There's definitely oh, yeah, hopefully I'll know some know. of them. Quite, I think you're going to know a lot of okay, them, to be well, honest, because it's quite, it's quite difficult to find Star Wars quizzes that aren't just for like the general reader. Yeah. So... So we'll see. We'll see. Okay. So we're just saying our names, yeah? Yes, and I will take whoever I hear first, okay? okay. I have to point out, last um, time there was one the way Christian said, Johnny said it first, and I quite clearly... I was wondering, he's going to hold it against me, isn't he? Well... Right. He turned the I, tables, would it Christian. Have, would, it have, would it have changed the scores? <laughs> no, probably not. <laughs> it changed the flow okay. of play. I'm going to give you nine questions, I believe. Okay. Can, Unless can I you get didn't my arithmetic time, wrong and I just... Yeah, I'll try to do one. Yeah, with, my brain, with my brain, it's sometimes tough. But, okay, question one. Yeah. With TIE Fighters, what does the TIE stand for? Oh, my God. T-I-E, what does it stand for? I think it's tactical... <laughs> my God. Is this one of the ones we should know? 
Do you know, Christian? No, I thought this would be. Um, not yet. Do you got me looking at his computer? can hear him typing. No, no, fuck off. <laughs> fuck off. I, right. Is tactical, is, ta is tactical the first word? No. Okay. <laughs> then no, I don't know. Okay, well, Christian's not Christian, the word to put Without there. looking it up, you're not even looking at the camera. He's doing a very bad <laughs> job. Google. Of well, I just heard this on Google. It says, no. what does TIE and TIE Fighter stand for? And then he goes, what is a TIE Fighter? Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Right. What is it? I won't. I won't take credit. Okay, no points to anyone. It stands for twin How ion engine. Christian not take credit. <laughs> Takes what twin twin yeah. ion okay. engine apparently. Oh, that makes sense. Okay. Okay. Question two. Yep. Can we have a refresher of what, what the scores was... are? Yes, the scores are nil nil, okay. much like Italy v Spain as we speak. <laughs> um, what was question two? What was Luke Skywalker originally going to be called? The blips. Luke Star, Luke Starkiller, wasn't it? I'm a Lucas Starkiller. You've got half of it right. Starkiller. Do you get the, the Luke, Luke bit right? <laughs> no, you got the Starkiller bit right. What? Um, was it Anakin? A, yes, what? it's Anakin Starkiller. Is that half, so point, is it half point each? each? We'll give you a half point each. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Question three. What is the name of General Grievous's flagship? Oh my god, it's the uh, his flagship. Um, yeah. Oh, I know what his ship is called. I've done quite well with this quiz. I would say Andrew. I th I think this is just his normal ship. Isn't it like Bol... Not Bulbasaur, but something like that. Oh, <laughs> Are you sure it's not Blastoise or Charmander? No, I think no, that's just his. Um, it's a... I think that's just his actual ship. I don't know where his flag. Should I give you called. clues? Should I give you some clues? Yeah. It sounds a bit like <laughs> a a uh, uh, terrorist slash nationalist organization from the 1910s. <laughs> That may or may not have helped to start a world. The black war. hand. Similar to that, the, but if the hand. The red hand. Uh, no. The black. If, black finger. So it's a. No, it's a hand. But let's say you can't see the hand. Invisible hand. Invisible hand. The. Yes. Invisible okay, hand. So no. No, I'm not giving either of <laughs> you. We don't know this is over. It's okay. We're doing well. The shit show okay. around. <laughs> question. F question four. What is Luke Skywalker's aunt called? Lipps Brew. Oh, fuck, I said your name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One and a half points. Yeah. One and a half points. So, what did you okay, say it was? Question for Oh, okay. I didn't actually use I just said you said Lib Libs. Baloo. Baloo the bear. Right. Question five, I believe. Or was it question six? Five. I can't remember. Yes. Who cares? <laughs> question five. What was Yoda originally going to be called? Oh, what? Oh, Fox, oh, Fox, Christian! The, the child. <laughs> Grogu. No. <laughs> yeah, Yaddle. Um, Yaddle? Answer, no. Yeah, no. Think of... Frogman. Is it uh, back to front? Is it Ador or something? Ador. Think of... Ador. Think of... Think of... Alright, think of... I'm thinking. Uh, <laughs> think of vampires on one hand, but then on the other hand, think of slobbering... Dogs. Vogue. No. Um, 
Edward Cullen. Thing called Twilight. That's pretty much the, no. the plot of Twilight you've just described. Vampires and slobbering dogs. The, no, but there's from different thing franchises. No, that's the same franchise. Blade and Hooch. Blade Hooch. Uh, yeah, I've got I've thing thought of the wrong thing anyway. Right, me? tell us the answer. Um uh, Buffy. Buffy? What? Buffy was gonna be his yeah. Jesus. His name's Buffy. Anyway. Question six. Makes me ill. Question six. What colour <laughs> was the milk that looks like drank Green. It please say it's in the in, in that film. What kind of milk does Luke Skywalker drink in a new no. blue, 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 blue. <laughs> yes, blue. Two and a half points. That's, I'm, I'm calling bullshit. <laughs> We're doing a sequel trilogy here. <laughs> and I haven't had one question about the sequels yet. Yes, there was. No, there wasn't. <laughs> um, <A> Bulbasaur. <laughs> okay, we'll, go, uh, we'll, do a, we'll do a sequel one then. God. Which planet... Did Luke Skywalker go in self ex Yeah. Three and a half points <laughs> versus half. With how many questions left? Two. I don't know. Let's say let's say two left. Um Is one that uh, the yeah, oh, okay. <laughs> Do that one. <laughs> is it well known? Are you sure it's well known? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was getting confused with something. Okay. Um, I'm choosing between a few of them, don't worry. I've Are you writing the questions on the fly, though? <laughs> <laughs> might, might be. Um, it's because I prepared Just nine. Just admin time of being I, this. One, <laughs> one of them I kind of scrapped. And I'm watching the football as <laughs> well. Okay. Okay. What is... What was Finn's Stormtrooper number? Lives, uh, oh, uh, Andrew. T uh, FN two one eight seven. Oh my god! I even know it in French because yes. I read the <laughs> French Force Awakens. What? Four and a half. FN two one eight seven. You should give him a point for that. Thank you. <laughs> should we give him a point? Yeah, for go on. Four and a half versus one. Every and language half. you do it in is gets you another point from. Okay. That's me out. I spy I <laughs> Good try. Okay. This is this is also This is the last question. Yeah. How many years oh. Andrew after 13. the destruction of the Thirteen? <laughs> Thirty. What? Thirty. Twenty five. Is that even the right? I don't know. Anyway, look, can I just finish the question? Because yeah. I'm really confused. How many years after the destruction of the second Death Star is the Force Awakens set? Andrew. Yeah. 60. No, that's not one of the options. 30. No, that's not it. I said 13, didn't I? It's <laughs> you said 13. It's not 14. 13. No. What is it? Christian, you say 13. Yes. Day five. Correct. Is it actually? I genuinely said yeah. thirty earlier. I will pull back the cliff and I will put it. <laughs> yeah, because Andrew, Andrew did say. Even 30. though he didn't know what the question was. So we'll give him okay, that. that. So we'll give him that. I even so do it in French. Are, if you want. Scores are five and a half 
versus two and a half. I'll play Christian. So this is why Christian used to go up against George. Well, I suppose if it's Clone Wars, maybe it's a different ball game. You are a pro with the Clone Wars. Right. You are a pro with the Clone Wars. So I the second week in a run, I've lost the quiz. So, great. You can really pull it good, back. Really good about myself now. We've got many more episodes to come. You can pull it back. That feels like when I got a school report complaining that I was a all-rounder. <laughs> it was just like, Johnny needs to start to specialise in things. It's like, he's very good at lots of things, but he needs to be amazing yeah. at one thing. I was like, what? Pretty much our school, wasn't it? Can I just say how impressive it is? We talked about the sequel trilogy and I still haven't finished my glass of wine. Yeah, yes. don't worry. You've got a couple of bottles lined up for later, though, haven't you? <laughs> you just, just down that glass. What? <laughs> 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 but how, much, how many tequila shots have you had, Christian? Oh, 20. No, oh, That is impressive. <laughs> Didn't do them off anyone, though, this time. <laughs> Tits. On that note, what have we got in store next week? Oh god, what have we got in store? <laughs> Let me just get Trailer the town. Trello up. Next week is the best MCU film. Ooh. Ooh. Well, Interesting. You have to rewatch all of them before then. That is, a, that is a good. And then we don't actually know what's coming up for the next two weeks after that, so we have to sure plan check ahead. it out after this one. Oh, yeah. Right. Well, thank you for joining us for this long expose of the sequel trilogy. I'll look at it. Oh, thank you, Christian. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank <laughs> you. Very good. Cheers. Thanks, Christian. I'll, I'll spend my paycheck in the post. <laughs> yeah. Stay safe. Stay dangerous. Stay nerdy. And stay sexy. And bowl the for the win. Bowl the I wasn't a fan.